touchdown, Kansas City. This is the Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Sports Radio 810 Chiefs postgame show is presented by the Missouri Lottery. Go Chiefs! Play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers tickets from the Missouri Lottery and win up to $600 cash instantly. Play it forward and play responsibly. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. There are almost too many places that I feel like we could start this show today, and that's the reason that we're starting the show this way. So many places where the Chiefs gave up a few points, gave up a few opportunities, had a mistake in all three stages, and significant mistakes in all three stages of the game. I don't know where the most important place is. I don't know where you have to begin because there is no one issue that hangs over the rest. You have decisions made early in the game to be conservative on fourth down, settling for field goals in those situations. You have a a missed should-be touchdown to Tyree Kill. I'm going chronologically just because that's how it's written down here. You have a misplayed ball by Sammy Watkins. You have the bomb that Trivarius Ward and Jordan Lucas didn't cover where the Titans had their first real offensive chunk play of the day. You have the should-be pick six that Frank Clark did not catch. You have the missed extra point that probably would have made that game go into overtime because I don't think the Titans likely go for two. Maybe they do. I don't know. You have one Thornhill whiffing on the Derrick Henry 68-yard touchdown run. More settling for field goals than the botched field goal. And then that last drive by the Titans and the blocked field goal attempt at the very, very end. I don't even think I had on that list the fumble from Damian Williams. Plenty of, of play calls where you ask, why would you run it? on first down to get you to second and eight. It happened far too many times today, and all of these mistakes happened far too many times today. I I, I don't even know... I don't know if any of this is even a completely fair reevaluation of this Chiefs team because I'm not totally sure where these things all fell apart. I don't know how many of these things are going to be consistent going forward. I don't know. The Chiefs put together their best three defensive games of the year, and then they lost this one in the second half especially, to Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. The fumble, that's that's literally not on the defense's stat sheet. Some of the offensive mistakes are very real. The Chiefs' special teams had significant issues, from the the fair catch on the three-yard line to at least, at least seven points taken off the board with the mixed extra point and then the botched exchange from James Winchester and, and Dustin Colquitt. And then the block at the end. There, there are so many places where this game fell apart today for the Kansas City Chiefs that it's genuinely hard to pick one place to begin the discussion with. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. I'm Josh Briscoe along with Brad Porter. We can take phone calls after we hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We'll hear from them live from Arrow, not from Arrowhead, um, yeah, from Tennessee. So uh, I uh, I forgot that for a second because there was so much red in the stadium. Also, I hope that drive was worth it because that stunk to watch from the comfort of the studio. All right, Brad, where do you want to start? Uh, guilty parties all over the place in this one. No, Nobody escapes blame for this except, well, 
I guess you could say Patrick Mahomes, he threw for what, 430-something yards? Yeah, and, and like four three. of the biggest mistakes offensively were mm-hmm. he put the ball in a dude's hands they didn't yep. hold on. Yep. So there, there's blame to go around, and, and I'm glad you brought up McCall Hardman fielding a punt on the three. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then he had the play where he didn't have his gloves on, and he's yeah. struggling while the ball is in the air. Yep. And I'm like, are you th- – those are things that can't happen. And th- that's just a small part of, of what happened in this game. But those are things that cannot happen. If you're going to make the playoffs, if you're going to have home playoff games, if you're going to get a top-two seed, if you're going to win playoff games, those things cannot happen. They just can't. Those are huge mental mistakes. This is Game 10. Game 10 of the season, those things cannot happen. You rattle off the laundry list there, the missed PAT, the Mm -hmm. blocked field goal, uh, dropped balls all over the place. Sammy Watkins... Uh, Tyreek had one or two. He got a couple that got knocked away, so not all of that is on him, but he had a couple of drops. Drops everywhere in this game. The fumble that got turned into a touchdown. Um, the bad returns. The bad tackling on big plays. Anybody want to throw themselves in the way of, tra- of, of Tannehill, for God's sakes? Mm-hmm. Anybody? Anybody get in there. There's your quarterback. He ain't exactly running a 4-2 out there. He ain't exactly on the track team. He's not bringing up the anchor leg on the relay. Might want to throw a body on him. Maybe they haven't seen that on tape this year from Tannehill, but somebody, for crying out loud, get some hands on the guy. Bad tackling, as you said, late. And Juan Thornhill has had a really good season this year, had two big whiffs, including the big run. He had two of them in the game. And, yep, how about the Travis Kelsey touchdown that was taken off the board because yep. of the pick play by Tyreek Hill? And that was, and I mean, just, that, one, I, that one didn't make my list simply because that is the design of that play. But when if that doesn't get called, then that's seven. Right. Or at least six. Yep. Because I guess I don't know. Then it got turned into a field goal. Yep. got turned into a field goal. And everybody's got a part in this. Film. Yeah. When they go through the film. They call a timeout on the two-point conversion and then gave the two-point conversion. I don't understand what that was for. Timeout on the two-point conversion at the end of the game when you know you're going to be down by at least one. Yeah. Maybe three. Those timeouts would be nice. With 20 seconds on the clock. And you could say it wouldn't have, like they did, there wasn't much time left whenever they did get the ball back, understood. Got it. But you can you can go to the middle of the field more confidently and not have to be okay. doing all the math about if you can call that timeout or not. It how didn't m- end up coming through completely, but it would have been nice to have it in your pocket. H- how many times this year? You're going to have to pull me off the edge here, Josh. I'm going to do that. I mean, we'll so see. I might push you. How it's many times this year have we seen plays coming out of a timeout where there's only 10 men on the field, mm-hmm. not ready for the play, mm-hmm. leave somebody uncovered, or, you know what, we'll, we'll spy Derrick Henry, but if the quarterback wants to run it in for two, we're not going to be ready for that. Yeah. Even though he's had two big runs, Tannehill, yep. in the game, we're just not going to be ready for that. We'll call the timeout. We'll talk about it. Where, where do we need to be on this play? But if we're talking about Tannehill, eh, don't worry about it. Another one. Another special team, and that's... It's special teams, but it's defense. Sure. Two-point conversion. Sure. I get it. But the, t- the the mistakes coming out of timeouts are are piling up fast. And like I said, you you are 10 games in. You are 6-4. and four. Guess who's right behind you? Guess, who's keep, uh, guess who keeps winning? The Raiders. Who have, I believe, the Bengals and Jets the next yeah, two weeks. They keep winning ball games. Yeah. They're going to catch you and run you down if you keep playing like this. If you keep making these mistakes. Now, I'll dial myself back a little bit here. The Chiefs did put 32 points on the board. Okay. Yeah. And, and there and, and could there's it have good... been a more deflating 32 yes. points though? No, there couldn't be. Like I just it, that's an empty th- 32 points. The fact that they were down at the half is 
is wild to me because they come yeah. out and they immediately it's now yeah. look it's the it's the quick touchdown and then it's settling for the field goal which I didn't feel great about it's the Titans and the offense looks great so far and then the wheels slowly fall off and you're down to field goals or touchdowns about extra points after that I I mean there were there were some of those big moments but with oh god oh no I'm gonna break everybody's heart all right you ready for this here's a stat uh, the uh, the Chiefs winning percentage at uh, whenever they had the ball it was second and seven uh, 98.2% chance the Chiefs had of winning the game at that point mm-hmm. and then it uh, it declines a little bit and the Chiefs uh, picked it back up again whenever they got the ball back because it was uh, looking like they might have a shot there at the end and look there there's going to be some good stuff that we'll point out throughout the show the jump pass to it was Mc- one of them it was McCall one of Hardman. the most it was, was one of the most incredible football plays i've seen and i've been watching patrick mahomes obsessively for the last year and a half yes it was outstanding it was outstanding for patrick mahomes play that was going to be the play that was supposed to turn around yes. the entire mood of this game say finally the the fumble which again LaShawn mccoy was not active for this game and now i would actually like to revisit that because listen i and i said ahead of the game right the report that it was, and apparently Reed told this to the CBS broadcast, that, hey, he knows LaShawn McCoy, and he's 31 years old, and we're going to do load management in the NFL. If you're going to do it, do it for your 31-year-old running back. Absolutely fine. But for all the people that said, oh, but, you know, it's, the, it's really it's a ball control thing. Damian Williams put it on the ground today in a, I mean, just a soul-crushing way that immediately put this team on its heels, and it never, I don't know if it ever fully recovered until that jump pass and the, the play to McCole Hardman and then after that, they were just they were going blow for blow again. Yeah, and I mean Kelsey was tearing apart the middle of that Titans defense. Yep. And like I said, I I can point out the good things: the Hardman catch, uh, Kelsey tearing people. We'll apart. get to the good. We usually have a we usually yes. get to the bad things the second after, second hour of the show or whatever. Yeah. No, I think today's fine to go to the to the things that went poorly. The thing that is, for me, what's what's the worst here? It's not it's not the drops plural. From Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill, because they did a lot of very good things in this game, but they had a couple. They each had a couple of drops that cost the Chiefs significantly, yeah. significant. And I and again, not just tough catches they couldn't make, but it's the NFL. Tough catch you shouldn't make is a catch you should make. Tough is what happens whenever you're catching passes from Patrick Mahomes and you're well covered. There is a third on the sideline that straight up hit Sammy Watkins in the hands and then between the forearms. You have to catch that. Tyree Kill turning around and then having the ball. They ended up getting the the conversion the, the screen, next play. The screenplay. But yeah, it hit him in the hands. He just smacks it into the ground. You you have to convert in those situations. That all sucks. Okay, that sucks. The thing for me that I can't even tell you the answer to yet, because we all watch the broadcast at the same time, and and if you tell me that you can watch the broadcast while dialed in on the linebackers for a full game over the course of three hours or whatever, three and a half hours, I applaud you, but I also think you're probably lying a little bit, because I can't. I watch the ball, and I watch what the receivers do, and I see other things as it happens, but I can't help but not I can't help but 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 watch Patrick Mahomes whenever he's playing quarterback. And then on the other side, it's what is Derrick Henry doing here? What are the Titans doing here? I like watching the quarterbacks. But the Chiefs just had before this game their three best defensive games of the year after being a decent defense up through that point, even with the run game being as poor as it was, and their run DVOA is still apocalyptic, their pass DVOA is actually excellent. I believe it's fourth in football. I think I heard that this week, yeah. And so, and that's a place that the the DVOA is essentially sort of a catch-all stat that takes into account things like uh, situations and context, for people that don't know. And the quality of your opponent. Yes. factored in there. Yes, it, it pulls, it, 
it, it's one of the few stats that attempts to be a catch-all that I feel pretty good about. EPA and DVOA both do a pretty good job of giving you larger indicators, right? Chiefs' pass defense has been pretty good. Today didn't really change that. They had a couple of really bad plays, which, you know, reminds you of, I guess, the end of the Ravens game. But by the end of the Ravens game, a good defensive performance that made things look close at the end. The Chiefs were ahead because the offense had been so prolific leading up to that point through the first three quarters. In this game, there was not that kind of margin for error. And so mistakes made by the defense are magnified. But I don't know how Derrick Henry ran for 188 yards. And and I think 150 or something of that was in the second, second half. Second half, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, 68 yards of that was on one play, so you can you can start doing the math away from that. But he averaged eight yards a carry. I, I don't know why that regression happened. The, the It wasn't really blitzing because they didn't blitz Cousins. That was one of the things that I was most excited about with this defense is they won these last three weeks. Well, they the defense played well these last three weeks. Um, they won on the defensive side, I would say, in, in most of the situations. Where like they lost because Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. They made Joe Flacco look like an absolute bum. And they made Kirk Cousins look like Kirk Cousins against good teams. Let's go out to Tennessee right now. Let's hear from Andy Reid, see what he has to think about the game. Ova, um, Torres Pack, right pack, and then uh, Rankins, uh, hers right knee. No more uh, tomorrow once we get the MRI. <clears throat> I'll take responsibility for, for the loss. Um, we were in a position to close it, and we didn't, we didn't get that done. My um, responsibility. Um, and then we were too sloppy. You come down and you play like we did. Uh, again, head coach's responsibility. Uh, you can't do it like that. Contrary, I thought Mike did a nice job with his football team. He played well, aggressive. And, um, and we need, uh, you know, we have an opportunity to put the game away. We need to make sure we do that. Again, that's my responsibility. That time here. Andy, not the yeah, no, he did some good things. He came out healthy. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I, he'll tell you the same thing. We've all got to do a little bit better. But I, I, I was happy with uh, the things that he did for the most part. Yeah, I just thought it was the right thing to do right now. I mean, um, you know, Sean's not going to be younger, so it's important that I manage him the right way um, as we go. And uh, I just thought it was the right thing, right thing to do at this time. And on the field goal, I don't know if you talked to the people the first field goal you guys attended, it didn't seem like Dustin was expecting the snap. What was your understanding? Yeah, the communication there was, was uh, messed up. So, again, we've got to do better there. And then the last one, uh, they blocked. Um, I, I, like, I want to see the replay on that to see how close that was. I, I thought he was offside at the, you know, when it happened, but it might not have been. Um, that's what it looked like uh, you know, from the side. Yeah, you know, they, we did have to do that. Um, we had some guys get banged up, um, and the guys um, worked there. You know, Andy worked him around and they were able to kind of keep it rolling there. And, uh, you know, we've been playing pretty good the second half. Um, that was a, that was a good job um, by him. And it was a good job by McCole. Um, it was good for him to step up in the pocket like he did and get it out of there. Yeah.
That's Andy Reid from Tennessee. Short presser today. Um, all I mean, it's on the road and everything, but... Uh, it's unusually short. It is. It is. It feels like there's a lot that he was going to say. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. Uh, you did hear that Emmanuel Ogbo has a torn pec. Uh, that's a season. And uh, Rankin, they said they'll know more about his knee injury later this week. That didn't look good. Uh, no. That feels like, hey, we'll look at the MRI and find out for sure. I'm guessing they felt like they could identify a torn pec without an MRI. Mm-hmm. I'm playing I'm playing microphone doctor at this point, but I, I believe... I believe that's Ogba for the year and Rankin probably waiting for something official on the knee would be my best guess. Uh, we'll also be hearing from Patrick Mahomes here from Tennessee soon, I believe. So um, we'll get to that here in, in just a minute. It uh, The stats from this game are infuriating, Brad. Well, let me just hit on the injuries no, real please, quick. No, please, go since, ahead. Since Andy Reid did, did that. And I've and also all the linemen are dead. Are like, gone. They're gone. Everybody. Well, but he didn't, I mean, Schwartz came back in. I've been arguing great. about this for a year. Not arguing, just stating my opinion. The 47-man active roster for game days is ridiculous. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. You got 53 guys. You can make them active. And a 53-man roster is unnecessarily small as well. Yes. You could expand that Absolutely. to a 60-man 60, a 60 all-active roster. One, 100%. You get, uh, you know, you're already down, what, three offensive linemen going in. Yeah. You get one or two guys hurt, and you got nobody. You got nobody. Yep. yep. Nick Allegretti made his debut out there for a minute. Didn't see him screw they, up or anything, so I guess it was one fine. One of those things the NFLPA should fight for, and they just won't. Because the players won't fight for it. If they, they just extend won't. the, the owners, season, that'll the come The owners with know it, that but... they don't have to do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, this, I, I imagine we're really close to Patrick Mahomes, so I have a couple of sort of like big like essay questions that I'd like to get into, but the tradition, like any other, of uh, of cutting Brad off halfway into a sentence to get to um, <laughs> to Mahomes, I will not say for now. What I will say for now is that Andy Reid's press conference is brought to you by 360 Vodka. Hey, Chiefs, grab a bottle of 360 Vodka for your next tailgate or watch party. 360 Vodka is the official vodka of the Chiefs and has your game day cocktails covered all season long. And also is brought to you by Casey Grilling Company. Casey Grilling Company is located in Olathe at 159th and Merlin, your one-stop shop for all your tailgating needs. Stop by and check out Casey Grilling Company or go to kcgrilling.com. Right now, uh, steak and some vodka, that's just what the doctor ordered. I think so. I don't mean LDT. I mean me. I'm the Mike doctor. I said that earlier. This is this is your prescription. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I think that sounds like a, a great idea. Also, like, listen, man, I know Andy Reid's always going to say I take responsibility for the thing. What else is he supposed to say, right? Like, yeah, man, I wish Jordan Lucas would have closed in on that one bomb, and I wish Juan Thornhill would have made the tackle on Derrick Henry. I wish uh, Colquitt would have been ready to catch the snap, and uh, I wish that uh, Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill didn't have a couple of drops in some bad situations, but, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles. If he said that, our heads would explode. Mm-hmm. And so I don't... Like, I'm as annoyed as you are, I'm sure, listening now. I'm as annoyed as you are by, that's a bad loss. I'll take blame for it. That's on me. Got to be better. It's it's really, really frustrating. I also don't have a solution for it. I don't know what else you should say. I don't, don't, here, here's some advice. Don't listen to Andy Reid after the game for your analysis of what actually went wrong. That's what this whole show is here for. We're going to try to help in that regard. Andy Reid is going to say after a loss, here's who is hurt, and it's my fault. Because that's that's typically what a head coach does in a spot like that, instead of throwing a guy under the bus. But also, like some of it can be on Andy Reid, I guess. 
the offense, like for me, like I, I haven't even gotten gotten to go through all the stats and everything, obviously, because this show is <laughs> starts as the kick was blocked. The Chiefs ran the ball twenty five times in this game. That was half as much as they threw the ball, you know. Like, but you get you get a a twenty five to fifty twenty five to fifty split. I'm not counting Dustin Colquitt's incompletion. I hope you'll all forgive me. You get a twenty five to fifty split uh, where you run the ball fifty percent as much as you throw it. This team doesn't need to run the football that much, honestly. Go wait a second. So, like the Titans, twenty six runs, nineteen pass attempts. It's because they're the Tennessee Titans. Mahomes wasn't hobbled. He wasn't rusty. He was throwing some absolute dimes, especially that one down the sideline mm-hmm. that like went from, I think, in the light to in the shadow, so it was hard to see live as it happened to Sammy Watkins. He handed that ball to him, whatever it was, 30 yards downfield at an angle. I mean, it was outstanding. This team does not benefit by running the ball on first down. It just doesn't. On... Third and short, cool. And first and goal from the two, cool. There are situations where running the ball is totally fine. And that's not even me railing against it because of the fumble, although, you know, it doesn't help. But but interceptions happen for mortal quarterbacks. I, don't, I mean, it almost happened to Mahomes at the beginning of the game. He threw two yeah. interceptable passes on in the opening two. drive, I think. Yes. But I think so, there were three total in the game. I think you're right. Uh, and so if you want to, you know, say rust, fine. This team doesn't need to be. Running the football half the time, not I mean twenty five percent of the time. Whatever I guess it would be thirty percent of the time because one hundred fifty plays and they uh, or seventy five plays and they ran at twenty five, so it'd be thirty percent of the time. They don't need to run that ball that often, and really, it's not even about the final number for me. It's about situationally. And so, if you want to, if you want to call out a couple of the instances where, like, oh yeah, but Damien Williams was so great last week. Yeah, his longest run this week was fifteen. He was fine. He was fine this week. But, you know, four yards a carry is okay, except for whenever through the air, you're going for nine yards per pass attempt. Not completion, pass attempt. Today, the Chiefs averaged 8.9 yards, uh, and that was with a with a merely okay complete-to-incomplete ratio. It was 36 of 50, and they had nine yards per pass attempt. And how many drops were there? That's- 74. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't have that yet. Somebody just dropped their luggage getting on the plane. Just throw that on the list. Here's here's another thing. This def- You mentioned this. The defense was playing so much better the last three weeks. Yeah, it was right? great. Okay. Yeah, so encouraging. And so I kind of circle back to what I mentioned last week when McCole Hardman fumbled the kickoff and then almost fumbled the second one. When your defense is playing better, and then all of a sudden your running backs and return guys are getting a case of the drops, the long snappers not in coordination with the holder and the kicker, those things turn the game. Yep. Those things can turn seasons. Those te- those things will lose you playoff games, like this one. You got a playoff game that uh, unfolds like this, and you got bad snaps, and you got fumbles all over the place. I mean, you think think ahead. Worst case scenario, this team comes short of making the playoffs because they lose a couple of more bad ones like this. Mm-hmm. You can mark this one down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, listen, to just for the sake of clarity, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think so either. I think they're going to win the AFC West by a couple of but games. But they better get it figured out. But, yeah, Dave I mean, to- it's, it's the same Tobe's, type of problem. Dave Tobe's got guys on the sidelines, in particular McCole Hardman today, lecturing him two or three times. They th- This can't keep happening. Yeah. If you're ten games in, you got six left. You better get it figured out. You better get it figured out. Otherwise, you're, you're going to... You're going to crawl into the playoffs, and you're going to get knocked out in the first round. That's what's going to happen if you can't fix those mistakes. 
And the thing that's getting confusing, and listen, I will say this. The Chiefs are in, I sort of turn into Eric Bieniemy for a second. I will say this. Uh, the Chiefs are in good company as far as teams with some baffling mistakes and baffling losses. The Patriots are the ones who aren't in that spot, and they got pretty well run around by the, by the Ravens last week. It, the Ravens lost at home to the Browns mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. This kind of thing happens. You watched the Packers-Chargers game last week? Awful. I was watching it in here going, wait, what? What's happening? The Packers are an excellent football team, and they dropped it to the Chargers, and then the Chargers lost to the Raiders. This is the NFL, but the thing for me that I think is frustrating, maybe the most frustrating, is that the Chiefs, I've been joking, not really joking, I've been talking about quarterbacks for most of this season. I've created this this metaphysical bucket mm-hmm. where all these quarterbacks can go into, and Ryan Tannehill is firmly in that bucket. Um, probably towards the bottom. He's above Ryan, He's above uh, Marcus Mariota in that bucket right now. I want the Chiefs to be one of the two, three, four teams in the sport that you know for a fact are good and will at the very least be within inches of their conference championship game. And coming into the season, that's what the Chiefs were supposed to be. It was Chiefs-Patriots, and then the other side will figure it out. The Saints penciled into the NFC championship game. I, I will give you the scoreboard update earlier. I believe have officially to the lost to the Falcons, right? And I, mean, I guess something crazy could have happened, and this could kill my analogy. Um, I'll find that as we talk. But you, you, you will find examples of this all throughout the sport. Yeah, they got curb stomped. 26 to 9. They got Drew Brees back in, and the and the Saints in, put up 9 points in New Orleans. Yes, in their own house. Yep. Anybody want to tell me that they know what they're seeing in the NFL right now? I don't. The the Bills who have been excellent this year. They came into this game 6 and 2. They went to Cleveland and lost. And this is this is the state of the league. Is is stuff like this happens all the time, and it happens on missed extra points and not being ready for the for the snap. And so this is, I guess, to your point, Brad. It's in those margins where stuff like this happens. The Patriots don't lose marginally very often. Whatever the Patriots lose, it was like that that Ravens game when you go, wow, they got soundly thrashed. They brought the heat, yep. and the Patriots weren't as good as the Ravens that day. You want to put that game in Foxborough in January, and we'll talk again. I'm not going to be telling you. I'm not going to be telling you to put the house on Baltimore in that game, but you you lose games like this marginally, and it's it's infuriating. It's infuriating because this isn't supposed to happen when you're at this level. The uh, the Andy Reid takes that have fired through, and I'm sure will continue. I've seen him on Twitter from uh, a wide array of people. The idea that the Chiefs are like sloppier than anyone else in football is ridiculous. It's it's indicative of someone who hasn't watched much football. They're not the Patriots. That's true. Well, the Patriots had some sloppiness on Sunday night last week. I imagine you watched if you have this take. I don't know. But... If if you said the Patriots is the gold standard, and the Chiefs are falling short of the Patriots standard, you will be correct, and that will be about as much as you can get away with at this point. I think I would say. The idea that this is some grand example of the fundamental shortcomings of this team, I don't, I don't really buy, because I think it's really hard to prove something like that in a single game. 
If the Chiefs have this problem over the rest of the season, let's let's say they, you know what, let's go ahead and do a little schedule look ahead. How do I feel about a little schedule look ahead? They, they get Mahomes back after a win against the Vikings and then promptly lose to the Titans. If they lose to the Chargers uh, at, uh, in, uh, in Mexico on Monday night, and then they beat the Raiders and lose to the Patriots, and they beat the Broncos, and then they lose to the Bears, and then they beat the Chargers. You know, if, you, if you start finding the places where this team falls apart because of continuing errors in the margins, you'll build a stronger case. There have been instances where you can say that, where that Colts game... That was a loss within the margins. The Texans game certainly had elements of that, but also it's a good football team, and the offense fell short, again, within margins. But even that has moved around. So I I think we're getting a fuller picture of the Kansas City Chiefs at this point. I just don't think I can identify I don't think I can identify them as a team yet because it's they, they didn't have Mahomes for two and two-thirds of a game, and they're—, they're they're these like bizarre I mean today it was missed kicks and blocked kicks it was a botched hold is that indicative of Andy Reid I don't think it can be but I I don't know someone will say it is people have already said that it is what I'm saying though is this this can't happen in December and January it just it just can't I just don't know if that I don't know if that means anything to be honest like I'm not sure the Chiefs are going to be in a position to where they can go score 45 like they did last year to try to overcome. And that wasn't even enough at times last year. And that's also really disappointing because this mm-hmm. was the day the offense was back together and it, there were enough Sammy Watkins drops that make me wonder if they were ready for that. And that's a real bummer. I think we're still waiting on uh, Patrick Mahomes, but is he up right now? Or no, we're just, okay, the connection's a little sketchy, but if he talks as long as Andy Reid did, we'll get a nice two and a half minutes and get out of here and take our first commercial break on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. I don't know. I think about a second, Brad. You got any, anything else we haven't touched on yet before we hear from Mahomes and then open it up a little bit more? I I pretty much <clears throat> went through my list again. It's just this team is a is a good mix of veterans and young players. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. the talent they brought in is good. Not, not great. You're not bringing in all pro players here. They're good enough to where these things shouldn't still be happening in week ten. That's just that's yeah. what's disappointing to me. Yeah, it's in week ten for the. It's the little things that are going to kill you, and it's the it's it's losing focus for one gosh darn second, and snap the ball and the holder and the kicker aren't ready. Yeah, it's one second. Yep, that mental lapse in one second cost you three points, and then you get it blocked. It's in the, three seconds. What happened? We we missed a block. We missed a guy. Ed Butker hooks a, a PAT yes. after having uh, on a run of like seven consecutive field goals yes. in a row ultimately over these last two games. I think the thing there that that maybe that we've touched on now, maybe enough, maybe not, I don't know. The thing that leaves me there deeply frustrated is how unactionable that is. Which is why I think people will just blame Andy Reid relatively blindly and say, oh, this is a coaching failure because they keep making the same mistakes over and over again. James Winchester stepping the ball too fast isn't Andy Reid's fault. That's not an indication on the head coach. Sammy Watkins dropping passes is not an indication on the head coach. It's it's an indication on these players making these mistakes, and that's not very satisfying because you're not going to cut James Winchester and Sammy Watkins and Tyree Kill and Damian Williams this week after the same people cut LaShawn McCoy two other times already this season. You're running out of players if you're the GM. 
It's Frank been- Clark only showed up once or twice in this game, and he should he should have had a pick six. You gonna you gonna cut him and then eat that dead money? No, was that a bad contract? Maybe. Don't know yet. I w- I will say this since you brought up Andy Reid, the play designs today, fantastic. Yeah, the play calls, the play designs, get the ball in space, and the misdirection in this game. It, this may have been the most misdirection. I mean, they they always run a lot of misdirection, but man, it was working today. It was a lot of it today. It was smoking today. Yep. We saw that um, shovel pass to Kelsey, which we hadn't seen since last year. Which I mean, yeah. We saw it all the time last year. It might year. have popped up once or something yeah. this season, but I'm not sure it was for a touchdown. It hasn't popped up all that often. So the play designs and the play calls today, I thought were fantastic. I'll throw that out there. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were. Plenty of bad stuff, but I'll throw that out there. Play calls were just absolutely. I thought the play calling and the game plan was was really, really good. Yeah, I have, I have enormous questions for what happened on the defensive side of the ball on the ground after three weeks of that being so much better, especially last week. They they, they stopped Alvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's the best running back they're going to face this season, and, and they, they shut him down. And I don't know I don't know where that game plan vacated for the Chiefs in this game. That like, wasn't there. Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry are not the Ravens. Like, Derrick Henry's a very good running back, but this isn't the Ravens' offense you, right. you, like, don't know how to deal with. I don't understand I don't understand a lot of it, to be well, honest. You, you mentioned how you watch the game. You keep your eyes on the quarterback. I can't help it. Can't I try help. not that's, to. That's fine. I've, I've, kinda, I've tried to condition myself over the years to watch the lines first, give it a couple of seconds, and then try to scan wider to see where the routes are going. Mm-hmm. And then when you get that feeling that the ball needs to be coming out, then you kind of dial back a little bit. Last week, the last two weeks, when I watched the Chiefs defensive line, Derek Nottie and Colin Saunders, we talked about it last week, were terrific. Yeah, They were winning battles. They were not yeah. only just winning battles, they were crushing it. Today, when I was watching the line, I didn't see anything that stood out to me. No, that's, that's Did, fair. Didn't see it. That's fair, and it would explain some of the, the linebacker play where you saw Lyman getting to the second level and all of that. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair place to start. Uh, we will see where you, dear listener, look to start here momentarily. Let's take a break. That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Briscoe. Much, much, much more to come after this here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs Post Game Show. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Three eligible left. Staying in the block is Demarcus Robinson. Now Mahomes throws off his back foot. Cut. McCall Hardman at the 40. Foot race 30. See you later. McCall Hardman outruns the entire Titan Nation. Touchdown, Kansas City. Mahomes under pressure off his back foot. And then the 100-meter dash by McCall Hardman getting the gold medal. No offense to Mitch Holtis, but that call, literally it's impossible for that to give you everything that you actually could see in that in that moment. The wizardry of Patrick Mahomes literally jumping like a shortstop, but also had like a knee hiked up like he was hardened taking a jumper. Might have been like a Dirk jumper or like trying to draw contact. It was the most wild thing I've seen in a minute. I missed Patrick Mahomes very much, and I'm glad that he was back. And that is our play of the game. Take a new look at what's possible with Central Bank of the Midwest. Visit centralbank.net. I really wanted that to be the first highlight that we played in a post-game show covering a victory. Victory, Uh, But that is not how it's going to go for the Chiefs today. Or for us today. uh, That throw was like uh, Ozzie Smith turning two back in the day. I think Jeter. But that's, I mean, that's because I, I watched so much Derek Jeter playing baseball growing up. 
I yeah. picked I picked a shortstop who was actually a really good defensive oh, player. Oh, oh Brad, there we go. There we go. Oh, Brad, don't there you, we go. Don't you make me do the rest of the don't make yourself the rest of the show by yourself. I'll leave. <laughs> I don't you don't need me for this. You got forty seven co hosts ready on the phone lines. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Ryan was in line first. What's up, Ryan? How you feeling? Well, Brad Porter, he's needing to go somewhere else, and we'll talk about real uh, good players. Uh, I'm always open, Josh, okay? Uh, but, no, special teams off today. I still think we'll be all right, of course, on positivity. Uh, positivity to do. Uh, Patrick was fine. I mean, geez, I mean, what, four touchdowns, 456 yards, what else are you going to do? Yeah. And then on, uh, defense tackled first half. Second half, what happened? I guess they wore down. Uh but the the, the the botch snap, the fire play, where was that at? I mean, just to throw it away and get Kenneth O'Grandy. Uh, we were lucky to not have the ten run, uh, second runoff at the end. I thought we were going to come back, but uh, another missed field goal and then two missed extra points. I need to be guaranteed on extra points. I don't miss it. I don't care if you miss a field goal. It's extra points. I mean, that, that still makes it a whole other ball game. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I, I, I just uh, appreciate you guys even on loss. Hey, that sun will rise again. I'm going to promise you that, all right? So uh, hopefully nobody's jumping off any bridges today. Ryan, I appreciate it. I appreciate you probably even more after a loss because I feel like that's the Red Bull that I had before the show today. That's getting me ready for what is to come. We will also still hear from Patrick Mahomes as soon as uh, as soon as he talks. Oop, are we Beards threw his hands in the air. Nope, that was a yes, we'll get to it whenever we can. Hands in the air. You have a microphone. You're free to use it. Oh, it was different. Sorry, that was not a thumbs up. That was my bad. I misread that. That was something else. Beards is having a bad day with our technology, and that's okay. Uh, next up, we'll go to Mark. What's up, Mark? What's on your mind? Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brad was fired up there, so I don't really have a... You know, <laughs> he he, he kind of covered how I felt from the, from the end of the game ended. But, you know, you know as, uh, Andy Reid's comments after the game were basically, basically the same as me saying, yeah, I, I, I take full responsibility for the loss. I didn't have my telemore due during the game. And <laughs> I have my telemore due, and... So, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, he was great. And he, uh, obviously, this is, this is evidence that he cannot, he cannot cover up some of the things that our team do. I, I don't, I'm not calling for Andy Reid's head, but um, he, having the end of the game go the way it did, that, that the coaching has played a big part of that. I mean, we have two opportunities to put the game away, or at least tie it at the end. Um, we're not ready. Our defense looked completely different there at the end of the fourth quarter than it had most of the game. We did not look. I mean, that touchdown pass. I mean, he was he was wide open. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah. You know, and I'm generally pretty even keel, but I'm just really. I'm I'm, I'm lucky. I'm not. Using F-bombs on the radio, but <laughs> thank you for steering clear, Mark. I we I have no idea how much uh, you have no idea how much Beards appreciates that. Yeah, well, I'm sure Beards has his finger on the butt. He'd catch me, but still, he is ready. I'm sure, I, I'm sure I represent all the Chiefs kingdom in, in that. I, at this point, there isn't a game on our schedule after today that isn't in question because if we can play this way against Tennessee, we can play this way against the Raiders, we can play this way against the Broncos at home. And yeah, we're six and four, and I know that we've had Patrick Mahomes hurt, but it's just I 
I'm not I'm not going to uh, go into any week now expecting a win. It's, everything's up for grabs. Thanks. Mark, I appreciate the call. And listen, no caller needs me to validate your, your – uh, Opinion or whatever, but I think that Mark was super, super close on two things there. One is that whenever you say Andy Reid saying I'm responsible for this game, it's just like me saying I'm responsible for this game because of the time that I timed out my 360 vodka and tell him more do. Um, I think that's a great point, which is also why I don't feel like there's any good in blaming Andy Reid here because it's not, you say, what's well, what, what he's supposed to say? It's like, yeah, oh yeah, sure, it was his fault, just like it was my fault. Yeah, no, I mean, it was. Like, I guess James Winchester, Dustin Colquitt's fault. Um, there was a tweet earlier that I, from one of the reporters in the locker room that said Damian Williams hadn't, like, he hadn't, it, we were 20 minutes into the show, and, and the tweet said he hadn't taken off his uniform yet. He was just staring at the wall, just sitting there silently, and had been doing that since the locker room opened up. It's on him, man. Like, it's it's on a lot of, it's on Sammy Watkins for dropping a couple of tough passes, but great passes that would have been tough catches. There's there's plenty of that blame to to go around, um, and I, I think you can assign it anywhere. The other thing is saying that every game from here on out feels like it's in question because they just did this to the Titans. Why couldn't they do this against the Raiders? I think that's dead on. I think it's wrong to say that you won't expect a win from any game here on out, but you probably shouldn't expect any blowouts. I thought this game... I, last week, I was off by a total of two points in my score prediction. I was I'm a genius, clearly. Today, I might have been off by 40. Like, I don't even remember what I said. I think it was like 38 to 24 with like a late touchdown from the Titans to make it close or something like that. I I didn't think that this game was was particularly capable of going this way. No. I, and that opened it up from here on out, for sure. I pretty much nailed my picks last week because I always pick the, the point spread, the over-under, and I give you a final score. We were very smart last week. La- last week, I pretty much nailed. I was close to nailing almost all of it. This week, not even close. I think yep. I had... 23 to 13, 24 to 13. I didn't see Tennessee as being particularly good on offense and having a good day. And I didn't see um, Patrick Mahomes lighting it up the way he did. So I, mm-hmm. I whiffed on the, I whiffed on the spread. I whiffed on the over under by a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. And I whiffed on the final score. I yep. did not see any of this happening. So if you want to say going into every game the rest of the way, these things can happen. Yeah. I'm yeah. 100% on board with you on that. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City. Josh Briscoe and Brad Porter with you here. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Gary said something about this game going this way like six weeks ago. Go ahead, Gary. Yep, I called this one before the season even started, guys. And <laughs> I said Derrick Henry would just do whatever he wanted. It took him a half to get going. He did. Guys, you've you got to put a lot of this on injury. This is his culture. He's cultivated the, the stupidity, the penalties. This is on him. This is his roster now. This is all on Andy. So to say it's not, it is, guys. And let's just hope we're not wasting Patrick Mahomes with this guy as the head coach because at some point you've got to say enough, enough. And I've said this too. Spagnuolo's defense is designed to stop the pass. It's not designed to stop the run, guys. And, you know, if you want to win a championship, you've got to be able to run the football and you've got to stop the run. And this team on offense, we don't have that guy that can move the chains if we need it. And we definitely don't have five guys up front that can move anybody that can move the chains. And if you look at the injury to rankings today, that injury was self-inflicted. What's the one thing you're taught as an offensive lineman? You always keep your feet moving. When he stopped moving his feet, that's when he buckled. You've got to keep moving your feet. He did not. None of these linemen. Cam Irving, 
I thought for sure he was going to get somebody killed because he wasn't blocking anybody in the first half. He should be a cut tomorrow. That's one guy that you could cut and probably not lose anything just putting an extra tight end over there or something because he's horrible. But, guys, I called this loss, and I, I really didn't want to be right about it, but they didn't prove me wrong, and I don't care about winning this division and getting a first-round playoff game. Big deal. I want to win a championship, and until Andy figures it out, and I don't think he will, guys, like the song somebody in Philadelphia did, we're never going to win with the Indians. At some point, you've got to start to wonder. We're in year season seven of this, and it's the same problems that keep recurring. So he's not visiting it like he says he's going to, but at least he's taking responsibility, guys. But until this changes, the culture's got to change in that locker room. You've got to have guys that are going to be held accountable. When your big money guys aren't making plays, i.e. Sammy Watkins needs to catch that ball, i.e. Tyree Kill, who just got his extension, and our inside linebacker on defense, who basically was just getting caught in the wash all the time. And we've learned one thing this season. Juan Thornhill's not a hitter. I think it's great he can play center field, but this defense doesn't have anybody that's a headhunter that's going to seek you out and lay you out. Where's the group tackling? When you've got a big back like that, you meet at the ball carrier. We, it was one guy, and everybody stood there and watched. There was no finishing of the guy with the ball. I'll hang up and listen. Great show, guys. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. Listen, uh, I, I will say that was one of Gary's higher hit rates in a call, okay? Because, listen, I'll tell you whenever I disagree with what he's bringing. I will say that I pulled up uh, 2019's NFLPenalties.com, by the way. It's a real website, not something I just made really? up. NFLPenalties.com. They've, they've got things like um, against count per snaps and everything. And the Chiefs are averaging basically, uh, it looks like, four penalties. This doesn't seem quite right. I'm not sure I can, I've read all of this completely accurately. But this puts them smack dab in the middle of the league in terms of penalties per 100 plays. There's another stat that had them in the top 10 as far as total penalties, but they haven't had their bye week yet. And so, I also, I'm not even sure if this counts this week. Earlier in uh, in the game, very uh, very much towards the beginning of the game, a stat popped up showing that the Chiefs were third best in the league in terms of offensive penalties, which I was as surprised by as I imagine most of you were. So, whenever you want to have a culture discussion, I think that you can point to all the penalties defensively and actually have some decent arguments there. And listen, if you want to attribute penalties to Andy Reid on some level, I guess that's, I guess that's fine if you want to do a culture thing. But whenever you're doing this per play metric that I'm looking at here, like the Patriots are top seven or something like that, which makes sense. But Carolina, Miami. Cincinnati, I don't. You can look at the edges so, here and see Oakland and Cleveland and the Jets at the wrong end. That checks out, right? Yes. Carolina, Miami, Cincinnati, Giants, Niners, Patriots, Colts, Packers, Eagles. Like that's your top ten or so. So was was the culture better last week when the Chiefs only had four penalties? Yeah, because I'm kind of feeling it's just kind of random. I'm kind of feeling. You know, Gary, I love you, man. Some you're, recency you're, bias. You're a loyal listener, but sometimes it's like the... As long as he does a great show at the end. There's the guy who comes into the bar and goes to the jukebox and pushes D4 every si- <laughs> every single night and he wants to hear the sad song because something bad happened. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, here's, here's Bob again. He's going to play that song. I know what's coming. Last week, I guess the culture was good because there were only four penalties last week. So Yeah. That's that's the sort of thing here for me where again, like I, I would love to have somewhere clear to to put the blame on this. Like if we were doing this show in 
Cleveland, I probably would have fired Freddie Kitchens six times, and they beat the Bills today that everyone loved Sometimes, two so, hours ago. When you have a, a loss like this... And you want to fire somebody. You, it makes you feel good. Well, I get it. Well, we're cutting offensive linemen now. We don't have right. any. We don't have right. any. Yeah, Cam Irving's it, job is were, as safe as anyone on the planet at this point. There were, a couple of, comes back. there were a couple of series in this game where there was one starting offensive lineman left. Didn't they get down to the end with Allegretti? Whenever yeah, he was when, playing right tackle, right. I think they. I think they were, on that moment. I think there were zero off, healthy offensive linemen left on the sidelines. I think they had bottomed out. Right. But I mean, Allegretti is the last one for the, sure. Right. The five in the game. You had one regular starter left. Oh, I see was, what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That's what I meant. I thought you meant healthy guys left no. on the sidelines. No, there that was number was left. zero. No. So you and you're right. Yeah, there was a regular starter. If in you the want middle. to start cutting offensive lines. It was Austin Ryder who like. Was a filling dude last year. Right. It's cobbled together, for so, sure. If you want to start cutting people and you want to start with the offensive line, be my guest. Yeah. I, it doesn't work like fantasy football. I can't dra- I can't click and drop and then... And then grab like, another starter. And then grab another starter because yeah. they're just out there like uh, the old Ned Yost thing about Mike Moustakis. Well, there's not a third baseman tree out there. And right. So there's not, there's not an offensive lineman tree out there. I'm sure you can scan the waiver wires and... You're taking an XFL draft pick is what I, you're doing I at guarantee this point. there are agents of offensive linemen who are on the phone with Brett Veach either now or Brett thing in the morning. Hey, yeah, uh, we got we got Bill uh, Johnson who got uh, cut by the Buccaneers last week. What do you think? Clearly, go kick the tires? clearly something happened. I'm guessing a caller will mention this at some point, so I'm going to get ahead of it now because I think it's actually a really good question. Something clearly happened between Jeff Allen and the Chiefs. Clearly. Oh, yeah, he's, he's tweeted it. Um, yeah, it came out, and then he deleted a tweet and all of that. And so I'm not coming through with, like, some explosive inside information. I'm paying attention. Whenever whenever the Chiefs have had these injuries drop out after they, they cut Jeff Allen, he said it was a surprise, um, they ended up bringing in Wisniewski. And everyone's like, wait, why would you bring in Wisniewski and not Jeff Allen? I think Jeff Allen said, no, I'm good, guys. You jerked me around a little yeah. bit too much here, Which, and I'm not really interested. Right now, Brett Veach... <laughs> Should be where does Jeff Allen live? Do we know where Jeff Allen lives? I don't know where he lives. I don't know, where, I know that, his address. He's but got his that, wife has the cookie shop. The Where's cookie the cookie and, shop? The cookie and baking company. Yeah, I, I will figure out where he lives. Doesn't matter. Brett Veach should either be on a uh, plane, train, or automobile headed to Jeff Allen's house. Boombox in hand. Listen, I'm about to make a reference to an '80s movie. Boombox in hand. Oh boy. Outside the I window. I like this. I like your thinking. Just here. holding the boombox up over there his head. Saying, baby, take me back. I'm sorry, you're right. We did you dirty, and you can come rub it in my face if you want. But we would love for you to come play, because you might start next weekend if you're still in shape. The light, the heat in your line. Offensive line, offensive line. I didn't know uh, the reference enough to start singing it, so I'm really glad well, that there you, you did. Go. I well, needed that. Well, here's another one about Jeff Allen, too. And I, I tell this to young people all the time, especially Josh in our business. We go through things all the time. Yep. Whether you work in television, radio, newspapers, websites, whatever. People quit. People get fired. People get laid off. The last thing you do is show somebody the middle finger on the way out the door. Yeah. Which I'm kind of feeling like the way that's the way Jeff Allen left it. because he, he at tweeted, least felt like it wasn't above board. He didn't feel it was honest. They weren't yeah. They weren't dealing with him honestly. Yep. You keep that private. We've. Yeah. Uh, if you've been around long enough, you're going to work multiple jobs in whatever business you're in. I've, I've done this, and I've never on the way out the door said, no, I always leave the door open. Hey, Need me? I'm here. Yeah. Keep my cell number. Keep yeah. it stored. Don't don't it's... say who phone knew this. Don't, <laughs> don't don't ghost me, bro. There we go. I made an '80s reference, and Brad said, "Don't ghost there, me." Yeah. This don't... show is intergenerational. We're crushing it. Don't... And and by the way, I'm glad we collaborated on the Ozzy Smith, Derek Jeter references on me the Pat- too on the Patrick Mahomes throw because 
those are probably the two most hated teams for Royals fans. So <laughs> we just, I mean, we flexed on our own hometown team that's, right there. That's fair. I could have gone Buddy Biancolana, but uh, he's, not, he's not in that group. Yeah, Elsie's Escobar's goodwill ran out if you were paying attention. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up watching Derek Jeter. Sorry, guys. Who was playing, I'll look up who was playing shortstop for the Yankees, or for the for the Royals whenever I was 12. Um, and we'll find out if that was worth There were a lot of guys. I'm sure there were. <laughs> there were a lot of guys. Uh, before we take another break here, let's go to Tim. Tim's been on the line for a minute. Thanks for waiting, Tim. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, you know, I've seen these types of uh, games happen before. you got to remember the NFL's a business. It's all about money. And um, it's an entertainment industry. And this league is worth billions of dollars. And if you have a company that's worth billions of dollars, you don't always leave outcomes to chance. I think that's all I'm going to say about that. Other than that, I thought Mahomes had a nice game. Um, didn't have too much pressure until the last offensive play there before the uh, botched uh, field goal or blocked field goal for both. Uh, I guess it was the botched one. I don't feel like I totally understand what you're saying. As far are you, Is there an argument that uh, the game was rigged for the Tennessee <laughs> Titans over the well, MVP? Because like, I, I, I just like not, I don't even want to be like a bleep hole here. Like I just don't think that's a very likely no, outcome. I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying this game was rigged. I've just seen these outcomes happen over and over again. I mean, I get tired of the coach speak from Andy Reid, and probably other people get tired not only Andy Reid or whoever your coach is, whoever sure. your local coaches. Yep. You know, obviously the players didn't execute very well today. Uh, I, I, did the Chiefs punt today? I didn't see him. Colquitt had one very bad one. punt, yes. and uh, he may have had another one, but that one stood out for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, this reminds me of uh, the uh, Colts playoffs game a little bit back when we lost 35-31. Uh, Colts didn't punt. We punted once. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a bad call. So I'm just saying these scenarios, you know, happen. Can the Chiefs go on to win their next six games, clearly win the division, be the number two or three seed? Sure they can. And I would expect them probably to at least have 11 wins before it's all said and done. I think maybe the the only game that might be a sure loss might be the Patriots. And then, who knows, we might end up that one and somehow lose to Chicago, who's really not that good this year. So, yeah. I'm just saying. There, there are a ton of possibilities still on the board. Thanks for the call, Tim. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I... The, the Chiefs have the MVP. I thought it was going a different direction as far as like spending money and everything because every NFL team is pretty much spending all the money that they can, at least on like salary cap and everything. So I don't think that's anything. I don't think the, I don't think football games are rigged. Like I think the best outcome for the league right now would have been for the Browns and the Chiefs to both be like undefeated right now. Like I and that's not what's happening. So you, I don't. You don't want a team with Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield, and um, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Not doing well. No, you've seen the commercials that Baker Mayfield is in. Yeah. Baker, Ma- I would tell you this: if you looked at the, if you looked at the the commercial dollars, the NFL would love for Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Baker Mayfield to be healthy yes. and winning football games because they are in every commercial. And they want Peyton Manning involved with the broadcast somewhere. <laughs> That's true too. Uh, we'll take a break. We have Patrick Mahomes coming up next segment, so we will uh, hear from Patrick Mahomes and begin opening up the locker room. Continue taking your calls. All that and more here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs post game show. The Chiefs post-game show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. It is first down and goal to go at the three. Now shovel pass inside to Kelsey. He lunges for the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. 
change of the Philadelphia game from years past. It is the shovel pass to Kelsey in a three-yard touchdown at 9.19 to go in the first quarter. Better times back then, but it still involves minimal effort from our Bud Light player of the game. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of your Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is the famous among friends Chiefs player of the game. That's not the play that necessarily shows it the best, but there are lots of other highlights that we'll have to use for other things the remainder of the show. So there's your MVP. Uh, He was excellent today. Patrick Mahomes was wonderful. And uh, the Chiefs offense still had lots of problems that were explicitly not his fault. And the defense had problems that were also certainly not his fault. It's a... It's an entire mess. I'd also like to take a moment to apologize to uh, all the Royals fans who we offended uh, because in 2001, I was watching uh, Derek Jeter play shortstop for the Yankees instead of watching Ray Sanchez or Nephi Perez splitting duty at shortstop for the Royals that season. Yeah, Sanchez was more of a second baseman. Nephi was just a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I, well, listen, second, second base, they also anybody, had to get some games in for Carlos Feebles? Fabulous. Fabulous. That was the Dos Carlos era. We had Carlos Beltran and Carlos Fabulous. Ah, uh, so it was a Dos Carlos coming yeah. to Kansas City, and it turns out one of them is probably going to be a Hall of Famer, and the yeah. other one wasn't. He's now in. He's now in coaching. He's actually, he's a really good dude. He's oh, in coaching good. now and super good dude. I love finding out in these post games just like who Brad thinks is a piece of bleep <laughs> from the sports uh, media world. I would challenge. So, I challenge anybody who will actually put their name on it. To either tweet at me or call in and say, no, Nafi Perez was really good. And he was a good person. We got Nafi Perez and then uh, Steve Bono. He wasn't a bad person. He was just kind of an idiot. <laughs> Brad's Weekly Sideswipe. Again, brought it, to you by. If, if there's the person who wants to put their <laughs> name on a tweet or a text or a phone call to defend Steve Bono and Nafi Perez, have at it. Let's go to Steve on line four. <laughs> Um, let's go to Nafi. It's a common name. We, uh, it could be anybody. Let's no, let's let's not go to the phones just they yet. Old, let's... If they had an old timers day and they were out there on the field signing autographs, and Nafi Perez was there, not one person would go get his autograph. I just every week, Brad just kills somebody. Brad just murders someone on the show every week. It brings me great joy, even whenever the Chiefs bring me great sadness. Uh, you heard the one of the touchdowns. You've actually heard two of them now from Patrick Mahomes in this game, where he recorded three of them. You also. Spoke following the game. Let's go ahead now and hear from the Chiefs quarterback and MVP about what went wrong today's game against the Titans. Yeah, I mean, the knee, the knee's feeling fine. Uh, just as we expected going into the game, uh, credit to the trainers and that training staff at getting you ready to play. Um, but, uh, I mean, the knee feels fine, and I was glad to get through another game. Yeah, the ankle, the ankle's good. Uh, we knew we needed rest for the ankle. We knew we needed to, some days off, and so with, with having the knee, uh, I got to rest that ankle, and I was, I was able to play and do what I did, what I could do, and and didn't I don't have any pain there. No, that was the game plan. I mean, they played a lot of shell coverage, uh, so we we were just taking what they gave us, and there was a lot of underneath guys open, and so I was trying to get them the ball, move the chains, and uh, I mean, it just kind of kept the offense going. Uh, we obviously hurt ourselves with penalties in that first half, but we were able to get the get the game going and moving the ball down the field. Patrick, 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 sorry, the down play on the next to last drive, mm-hmm. you, you kind of slid and lost a few yards. Take us through that play, if you would, what you saw. 
and how important it was to you to stay in bounds and, and keep the clock running as opposed to throwing it away. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a kind of a it was another screenplay where we were trying to get everybody across the field and kind of hit uh, Bell out of the out, out the backside, and uh, uh, they covered it well. The guy their DN didn't really come up the field. He, he sat in front of it, and it was very similar to the kind of the play we ran against the Ravens. And so um, we we were trying to hit that guy, let him get the field first down, and, and essentially win and win the game there. But we he wasn't open, and knowing that uh, I was going I kind of went out there trying to run for it. They were running me down, and I slid just so they had to use use their last time out, and they weren't able to save that. No, I mean, I, I, I trusted in those guys, the doctors and the training staff, when they told me I was ready to go. Uh, but, uh, I mean, obviously you want to get out there, get hit, uh, just to kind of get you settled into the game. Um, but, uh, I mean, I had full confidence I was going to be able to play this game. You're still young in your career, Patrick. Have you been through a game where there's so many offensive line and shuffling because of injuries? In fact, you were down to the five times you had last week. What did things show you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was they showed toughest first of all. I mean, Schwartz getting back in the game, and then I mean, all the all the other guys coming in and, and having that confidence to do what they what they did. And uh, I mean, it, it's it's a it's part of a season. You're gonna have injuries. You're gonna have those things. You have to have guys prepared in order to get out there and, and execute whenever they're called upon. Say one more time. We actually worked a little bit uh, with Coach Kafka and in the off season of kind of throwing it and, and getting your hit through and I mean that's another big part of, of how I get a lot of the torque on my ball and so they uh, uh Miko ran a great route uh, I had to throw it before he even broke and he, he ran it exactly how I wanted him to and that just comes with repetition and then once you get the ball in those guys hands they can make plays happen a couple more guys sorry I know you have been around Mitch Woods his entire career I know he got back there and showed a lot of how impressive you have 8,000 snaps played without missing one until today how impressive you've been yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It honestly is. And, uh, I mean, I mean, you, you know that streak's going, I mean, as he's gone gone through it. And then you could hear the guys in the in the huddle uh, whenever they were wondering if he could get back out there, if we were going to try to call a timeout so he can get back on the field. So, I mean, it just shows to the guys that they, they care uh, about that stuff and they care about each other. And, uh, obviously, they had to go get him checked out and do that stuff. But he got right back in there. And that shows that, that grit and toughness that he has. That's Patrick Mahomes following the game today. In Tennessee, Patrick Mahomes' press conference is presented by Good Sense. Good Sense was founded 30 years ago right here in Kansas City and couldn't be more proud of their hometown. They don't to be treated good at something, takes hard work, and just makes good sense to have Patrick Mahomes as a part of their team. I mean, yeah, the offense was the offensive line was gritty and tough and all that, and frankly, like not horrible. If that like it didn't look it didn't look like the Chargers offensive line did on Thursday oh. night where that was Wolf. like watching uh, 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 Alabama up against your local high school unit like they were getting absolutely abused. It wasn't that of a performance from the Chiefs offensive line, but it was really hard when everyone's getting knocked around all the time. Mahomes got sacked twice today. I mean, as long as we're cutting offensive linemen. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes yeah. got sacked twice today. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look at him. One, and he was moving out of one, the pocket a lot. And one was a coverage sack. Mm-hmm. So they were just there was it was just back there too long. That's yeah. gonna happen. Yep. Um but two sacks total today. I'll have to look at his total hits, but And also finding stuff like hurries and everything, the number yes. will go up. But your point is well taken there. We're like again even even seeing there are a lot of those times when he was backpedaling away from the pocket and looking downfield. That's part of his game. Mm-hmm. Part of his game is being that kind of mobile. He's not out there running like Lamar Jackson or apparently Ryan Tannehill um, or Marcus Mariota of Nightmares Past. 
but to be able to abandon a messy pocket or say, hey, we're, we're moving the blocking scheme over here, you know what? That's, that's part of his game. What I also liked about, I mentioned this earlier in the show, that I really liked the play calling and the play designs today mm-hmm. that uh, Andy Reid had dialed up and Eric Bieniemy and whoever else is in that meeting. One of the things that I noticed more of today, and I talked about this a little bit yesterday on the Saturday show with Nick Jacobs from Channel 41, about wanting to see more bootlegs in the yep. offense. Because I, yep. I hadn't seen a lot today that are in more bootlegs. Get them out there, get them out, roll them out, get them out in space, and then you can move that pocket. You can protect one side or the other and not have to worry about the whole thing if you're standing on a, you know, on a platform right in the middle. And it, it obviously also, as I was trying to say, showed quite a bit of faith in his knee and his mm-hmm. ankle and all of that. That did not seem, that didn't seem like a hindrance. And that's, that's the first time that's been true since the Jags game. Mm-hmm. And I got to think, I was thinking about the bootlegs because of um, last week's game, Kirk Cousins' bootlegs all the time. Mm. All the time. Now, he's not... <laughs> Patrick know, Mahomes. No, he's not Patrick no. Mahomes, but no. I was kind of like, I thought, I'd like to see a little bit more of that with the Chiefs. Let's go back over to the phones real quick here. Amar's been on the hold for a minute. What's up, Amar? How are you feeling? Amar, are you there? Going to say No. Well, if Beards, if he comes back in line, then we can he can skip to the front. Can we hear from Frank Clark? Are we good to go on that front? Beard said earlier that uh, our friend Matt Derrick of uh, ChiefsDigest.com and also 18WHB.com sent back the Frank Clark audio and told Beards there would be some bleeping to do. Uh, so I'm guessing Frank Clark wasn't completely thrilled with his or much of anyone's performance in this game. So uh, we will begin our locker room report with uh, with Frank Clark. Let's hear what he had to say following the loss. I've had a pension nerve since in the training camp. I've been playing through it. It just got to a point where the so serious. It was sending burning sensations down my arm. My two fingers was going numb. So it was just a whole lot of serious going on. So at the end of the day, I had to take precautions and, you know, get checked out and make sure, you know, everything that I was doing football-wise wasn't going to affect my life after football. You played, obviously, with a quarterback who had a lot of improv skills in Seattle with Russell Wilson. What did you think of Patrick's jump pass today? He's one-on-one. Um, I've never seen a quarterback like him. Uh, Russell Wilson was Russell Wilson. Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. In their own right, in their own complete separate right. Uh, respect to both of them as individual greatness. But, um, you know, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. You know, you got to appreciate greatness when you're around him. What the Titans want to do on that final drive is that you said what? what what the Titans did on that final drive is that what you guys were expecting or uh-huh. did they do anything differently than you? I feel like they did everything we expected, man. Run the ball, run, run, uh, drop back. Tannehill made some great plays on his feet. We wasn't expecting that honestly, <laughs> uh, but he was a tight end in college, so you gotta expect stuff like that if you know you dive deeper into it. You know. Uh, like I said, he made some great plays down the stretch. The defense, we played kind of soft down the stretch. You know, made made some plays, but at the end of the day, we didn't make enough plays. So I feel like that was, you know, the key. Their offense, they came out there more aggressive on that final drive than we did defensively. So, you know, it led to a win for them. Frank, how much of this after the game was just guys acknowledging to one another that everybody has a piece of this loss today? I mean, it's just the truth, man. At the end of the day, you got to accept the fact, you know. You can prepare and do everything you want, but it, it comes down to execution. You know, when you don't execute and when you don't do what you have to do in those final minutes, um, as you've seen, you know, you know, some would say that um, we won the game after our first initial stop. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, our team's coming on the field to close it out. 
you know, you get a ball to, you know, Pat Mahomes with, what, two minutes to go, less than a minute to go, you know, 99% of the time, you know, that's a W, you know, but um, it's that 1%, you know, where it went in the other favor, you know, our offense wasn't able to get it done, defense wasn't able to hold them out, so um, as you see, beginning of the game, we go up 10-0, you know, some would say the game is, you know, you put it away from there, but, you know, hats off to a good team over there, you know, they got a good running back, and they can't fall asleep, we all knew that second half is his best half. I think he ended the first half with 40 yards rushing. He comes out one of the you know earlier plays in the third quarter. He goes for what, 80 yards. You know that shows the type of back he is. You can't fall asleep on him. And uh, we knew they were drive the offense through him. Uh, they kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. Even when it looked ugly for him, kept at it, kept at it. And he ended up with what over 130, 140 yards rushing. So, like I've been saying all year, man. Anytime a back runs over that many yards, you know you're gonna see a tight game where you'll see a victory from the other team. You know, I've been saying the same thing, man. Anytime we give up over 100 yards, 120 yards rushing, you know, um, it's going to spell disaster for us. Did the rest of the last couple of weeks help? Do you feel better than you did a couple of weeks ago? Oh, you said me? Yeah. Uh, I feel good. I feel good at the end of the day. I don't feel, I don't feel great. I feel good. I'm a football player at the end of the day. You know, I'm going to play through everything. I don't care. If they tell me I can go, I'm going to go. Um, shit's just frustrating, man. You don't want to be hurt. You don't want to deal with shit that involves nerves and stuff, but... That's the nature of the game. I signed up for it when I was seven years old. So. Some sort of conflicting things the beginning and the end there from Frank Clark, but the beginning is really interesting. Saying he's been playing with a pinched nerve since training camp that had, had numbness in two fingers and a burning sensation. Uh, that's new information mm-hmm. for us. Obviously, again, something that he's been working with. The, the thing he said at the beginning that, that Sam McDowell of the Star tweeted out here that, I, that sort of confirmed it was the idea that he said, quote, I've been playing timid. It's kind of interesting from from Clark. Now, uh, someone else has already followed him saying, is that why you dropped the pass, uh, oh, the boy. interception? T-? No, no. Like, there there are still places you can criticize his game. Like, I want to say, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of fair room to discuss Frank Clark. That interception... Tough play, also not the receiver that Sammy Watkins is, so I have a little more ire for that one. But regardless, uh, that's really, really interesting. Frank Clark would have to drop about 50 of those to get in the neighborhood of Derek Johnson. And that's I, also I, true. I, I say that with love because Derek yes. is a super good dude. And his, and his teammates gave him— Brad just killed Derek Johnson. So many— just, no. Brad just sideswiping His teammates dudes. gave him noise all the time. When he actually did get one, they had, they had a huge celebration because he actually held on to one. But yeah— He's talking. What I also found interesting: one, we didn't know about the pinched nerve in the neck, mm-hmm. um, the burning down the arms, the fingers are numb, and he also said, "I have to think about my life after football." Right. So it had to be. And then at the very end, he circled back and <laughs> mm-hmm. said, "But if they tell me I can go, I'm going to go." So yeah, it must so. have obviously been bad enough to where he maybe he had trouble getting up in the morning, trouble walking, trouble sleeping, to where he said, "I I can't. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta take a couple of weeks off here." Or, or 10 years from now, I'm going to be a crippled old man. I feel like, again, I do think there's a little bit of confusion there because there's sort of the, if I can play, I'm going to play. I bet he also said he had to, you know, make a personal call, which is fine. I would, too. <laughs> but figuring out the confluence of those two things is a little bit is a little bit um, a little interesting, a little bit murky. Yeah, I also, football teams, this is a dirty little secret, Aren't football teams aren't really in the business of worrying about these guys that are playing now in their life in 15 years because they're paying them for now and the games are being played now. So I I imagine that there was some amount of, and hearing from that clip, some amount of uh, responsibility taken by Frank Clark himself there. Well, look at I'll, I'll give you two examples. They were both on the pregame shows today. 
Uh, the Jets, who cut that uh, their offensive lineman, and his name escapes me. It's a difficult name. Uh, but he went and had surgery against their wishes yes. because his doctor said, yes, you, this is damage. You mm -hmm. have a damaged shoulder. Mm -hmm. And he was getting shots and taking pills, and he said, I can't do it. And they cut him. And so he's got an grievance filed with the league. We'll see how that turns out. And then the player from Washington who just came out uh, a week or two ago and said, I, he said, I had brain cancer, and they overlooked it. They, didn't, yeah. they weren't honest with me, and they hid the x-rays and the MRIs. Whatever goes into that, they hid those from my personal doctors, and they fudged the results. So... There's two examples right there. Yep, and it's I'm and sure I'm, there are more. I, and it's not fair to put the Chiefs into that group, but I'm just saying no, no, as, no, an, but as an example. Yeah, I think it's at least I think it's at least fair to bring up very, in the same industry, whatever. Yes, it, it's I think I do think it's fair. Uh, we will take some more calls here in a little bit. Also, hear more from the locker room. Also, talk more about some of the stuff we still haven't really gotten to from this game today because it's just a lot. There's just a lot to unpack. As the Chiefs lose. This is the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. If you want to put the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs scratchers ticket, you can do that right now from the Missouri Lottery and win up to $600 cash instantly. Play it forward and play responsibly with the Missouri Lottery. That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Briscoe. More Chiefs postgame whenever we come back. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. the ball, throws it over the middle, caught inside the five, Adam Humphreys, touchdown Tennessee at 23 seconds to go in the game. I hurt myself today. That is the Tullamore Dew Tully touchdown of the game. Oh, this is a we raise a toast to Derrick Henry for that touchdown here in 2019. Tullamore Dew is the original triple-blended, smooth-sipping Irish whiskey made exclusively for these great moments in fandom. I think... Please, hold, Brad, okay. please drink Tullamore Dew responsibly. Go ahead, Brad. I think Johnny Cash sang this after June Carter died. I don't know who June Carter is. That's his wife. Makes sense? Mm -hmm. June Carter Cash. A lot of breathe beards. This goes out to the Kansas City Chiefs. The defense. Sammy Watkins' hands go away in the end. Special teams. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. Oh, Dave Toe goes away in the end. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. Tully Touchdown of the Game brought to you by Tullamore Dew. Tully, if you'd like to drop off a case, this would be the week to do it. I work here. You have the address. Bring it by. Just, I'm sure you can... Get Bring hooked up snacks. with like, um, like one of those Chinook helicopters and just kind of come and hover over the building yeah. and then drop it out with a little parachute on it. I'll just stand underneath the helicopter. You can just pour it. I'll catch some. Not all of and it. And we'll hear it coming. You can hear those helicopters oh, yeah. coming like miles away. Yeah, that'll be great. Brad's there helicopter impression. There you go. Come on, what more could you want? Uh, we've got more from uh, the locker room we'll get to sooner rather than later. We also have a lot of uh, people who've been waiting on hold the chat for a minute, including Jim Jim, you're on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. What's up? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. My, I had a couple points. My big takeaway of the game was I noticed last year and early in this season, it seemed like the team with Mahomes behind center maybe lacked focus and, I don't know, just seemed to make a lot of mistakes. And then the last two weeks with Moore, it seems like we had more of a 
quote unquote team effort, and they really played hard and aggressive. And then I felt like today it was back to, hey, we got the MVP behind center again, so let's slack off. I mean, that was just kind of the feeling I had. And then my second point was there's a lot of people that it's like they're afraid to bash Reed and they don't want people to be negative of Reed. But I think it's okay to like Reed and want him as your coach. But at the same time, much like Marty Schottenheimer, just get really frustrated at his tendencies and just his lack of maybe awareness. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, and I appreciate the call, Jim. Thank you for calling in. Um, I, I think that it's, I think that it's absolutely fair to have criticisms of Andy Reid. I think that's a very different thing than saying that Andy Reid should be fired, and I'm totally okay with that. Um, like the things, like I don't know who it was that called the timeout at the two point conversion, but that was a waste. Um, there have been decisions on fourth and short that I think have been a waste. So I think that's totally fair. Listen, I, I also I understand where fans can be coming from vis-a-vis the team looking less focused with Mahomes. I understand how you can watch this game and then go, the team looked worse um, in terms of the details. I think this is multifaceted. One is that the types of contested throws where the receivers have to come through are not even being attempted with Matt Moore. You're just not even seeing those types of interactions between Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill and members of the opposing secondary. They just don't happen like that. Dudes get wide open, and then they catch him. With the exception of that one little, it wasn't really a screen, but that one short pass, I think it was third and one, right? To where, where Tyreek Hill has the ball, hit him in the hands, yes. and just drops it. Yep. There weren't the, the other drops were tough plays in tough spots, but you have to come through in those positions. I, I would even say that in the Broncos game, I'm willing to give you this much in terms of momentum, even as it sort of goes against my relatively analytical sort of core beliefs. In the Broncos game, if you say, hey, the defense said our quarterback just went out and we've got to go destroy Joe Flacco and rally around our injured quarterback who just limped off the field and whatever. I would give you a little bit of that. I think there's some element of that because it's a human game and I think there's some space for that. I don't think that the offense gets less focused. I think the game plan changes in ways where you see more risks and you see more of these um, uh, like high-velocity plays, if you will. Also, your standards go way up. The LaShawn McCoy fumbles that happened with Matt Moore back there, those are not any any more or less focused than Damian Williams' fumble today. The drops that happen still happen. The defense isn't complacent with Mahomes back there because at the end of the game, they knew there was not a safety net. And actually, there almost was if, if Butker hits that 50-whatever-yarder at the end that got blocked. But whatever you say, hey, the Titans have Ryan Tannehill and a minute win the damn football game, that's not a focus or discipline problem. It's a, it's a, it's a function and an execution problem. So I, I really don't think that that whole, like, oh, other than maybe right out of the gate, whenever you have the whole shock of the moment and everything, I don't think there's any argument to be made for them being more focused or whatever, even on, like, almost any level. And certainly, obviously, not on a level where you'd say, oh, then just play that more if they're more focused. You know, I don't even think that's what the caller was saying saying that maybe in degrees, but I honestly, I just don't see it. I think that's overplayed. Here's the thing about these guys. This game is damn hard to win. Mm-hmm. and I, I, Not specifically today. Today was a damn hard game to win for either team that was going to win. The game, in, the, the game in the National Football League is pretty damn hard. Mm-hmm. You don't go from one week to the next or one quarterback to the next. Look, individuals make boneheaded plays. We saw that today. But there's not... 
There's no such thing as a, at least I don't believe so, a collective group think where 50, you know, 46 guys all get together. Gosh, you know what? Matt's in a quarterback today. We got we, we got to buckle down, guys. This yeah. we're not going to get it done. And then and then all of a sudden, that you know, two weeks later, guys, whew, kick back, smoke them if you got them. Patrick's back. Don't have to do much here. You still have the individual boneheaded mistakes. Yeah, but that collective, either playing up because of the pressure or playing down because you got the MVP. I just don't believe that happens at this level. Yeah. The, the game is just too hard. It's it's just too hard. And I just, I don't think, again, if you sort of follow that logic, I just don't really think there is any logic to Sammy Watkins is more likely to drop a dime from Patrick Mahomes than whatever he has to do to help right. out Matt Moore shorter. The the play might be more difficult, and maybe it highlights a mistake made or whatever, but it's just, I I, I mean, I'm feeding a fed horse again. Now, but I, I, don't, I don't think that there's anything to that. I will tell you, the one time I see it, or all of us see it, I'm not making a, I'm not breaking new ground here, I'm not... Uh, rolling out the Rosetta Stone and breaking it down for you. When it does happen in a groupthink mentality, that's when you're 1 in 10 and you're thinking about being on the beach. Yeah. I don't want to get hurt. Sure. I want to get my checks, and I want to get the hell out of here. That's when it happens. It doesn't happen in the middle of a season in which you believe you're going to be competing for a spot in the Super Bowl. That just that doesn't happen. I also will say, just no one's suggested this yet, but I'm sure someone out there is thinking it, this is also isn't like some trap game, look-ahead game thing. They got no. Monday Night Football against the divisional opponent next week, but why would you say that here? Because I promise you, whenever Damian Williams has the football, he's not thinking about being in Mexico next week. It, he lost the ball, and it got taken back to the house for a huge, huge swing. Whenever Sammy Watkins is tracking the ball that hits him in the hands and then the forearms down the sideline, or whenever Tyreek Hill has a similar play, they're not thinking about the Chargers. They're thinking about catching that football. And it's hard. It's a hard thing to do, and it's a hard game, but that's, you know, if, if you say it feels like they were out coached or whatever, fine. And Spagnola may have been. Uh, I mean, I, I think Spagnola was out coached today. Actually, I don't think that's really controversial. Um, I don't think Andy Reid was. I think the offense took way too long to start doing some of the things uh, that it does well following those first two drives. There was a big lull in the middle there mm -hmm. that was really, really hard to watch. Um, and a huge part of that wasn't even really a lull. It was Damian Williams immediately putting the ball on the ground and having it run back. It's hard to overcome that. Yeah, you go you go up 10 nothing, and then it swings back 13 points the other way in a matter of a few yep. minutes. Yep. I mean, it just if that, if that fumble, even if that isn't a punt, the game is probably completely different because I don't know how many... I don't know how many times I count on the Titans to drive the length of the field. Right. You know, they did it at the end of the game, so I didn't see that one they coming. They only had to do it once. But, right, they didn't. the pressure wasn't exactly on the entire game. Uh, let's go now to Mr. Talented. What's up, Mr. Talented? Prove your name. Hey, how you doing today, sir? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm enjoying the commentary today. Um, I think that you all made an excellent point, though, um, about the logic. You know, like you said, nobody... It has to be a collective effort. Uh, I would assume that regardless if we have more or uh, the star quarterback in, they're going to play diligently regardless. Mm. Um, I think what I've seen today was that, and I've been kind of saying this for years, it's like a, a dark cloud over the Chiefs. Like they, you don't really see them consecutively with, well, before Mahomes got into uh, with the team, it's like they, you know, they don't they don't consecutively come through the clutch and win a game. 
Mm-hmm. It's like there's a collective anxiety that the Chiefs have when their backs are against the wall. It's like they can't con- they can't consistently come through and win the game. Um, and also the defensive backs. It's like I don't understand that when they are against receivers, not even a top graded receiver, they don't they don't simultaneously try to focus on the receiver. And the quarterback, it's like just like the, the uh, there was a pass today where the dog fell down. It's at the end of the game. Um, he fell down. The defensive back of the Chiefs was totally oblivious to where the ball was. Dog fell on the ground and almost caught the ball on the ground. Yeah, that is unacceptable for an NFL defensive back. Mm-hmm. It's just totally, it's totally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I, why you, you, you know, and, and and then like I said, I have no beef with Mahomes. Mahomes went out there. I mean, he still kind of didn't look like his knee and ankle was 100. percent I got much respect for home, for Mahomes and what he did. The defensive line, they look pretty good out there. It's just that defensive, uh, those uh, you know, those defensive backs and uh, that collective effort. Like you said, regardless of what quarterback we got in the game. They're going to give their hundred percent. So, uh, thank you. It's a great show today, and I will talk to you all soon. Appreciate the call. Thank you for that. And uh, also, I will say that the thing at the beginning, and I, I think you mentioned like some of the like can't come through in the clutch thing was was a pre Mahomes feeling. One thing that is genuinely like really disappointing to me um, is the feeling that that presupposition around the Kansas City Chiefs has returned again because it was gone because he's right it was we went into the Titans game the Steelers the playoff games the Titans playoff game the Steelers playoff game the Colts playoff game so many big games in the regular season games we had a chance to knock off the Patriots or to have some mid late season couple of wins in a row to to make yourself at least the team that was second to the Patriots and the Chiefs had so many instances of that under Andy Reid with Alex Smith, where that that failed, and it, and I mean I was a pessimistic Chiefs fan by the end of that. Why wouldn't you be? You had all of the logic in the world to be. And then last season was this systematic chipping away at that feeling. And at the end of all the chipping away, you have a statue of the MVP wearing a crown. You know, oh, he be at the, put the statue outside of Arrowhead right now. It's fine. And again, not to say that today was in any way on Mahomes, wasn't. But for any reason, late last season, some of that dread came in with the defense. The defense would occasionally put in a performance so abysmal that feeling would creep back again. Mm-hmm. But even in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots, even whenever the defense had these at these times that cost the Chiefs the game, even then coming into this season, everybody it was Chiefs Patriots in the AFC Championship game for just about everybody. Like everybody was on that train. And so now to be sitting here at the end of, of their 10th game of the season saying, man, I can't help but to feel like that sense of dread, that sense of like borderline ineptitude, you know, just that, oh, this team is going to forever be either middle of the road or middle of the road good or always little brother to a Chiefs team or to a, to a Patriots team that has a 97-year-old quarterback. The fact that that um, that caller 
And a lot of Chiefs fans feel that way today in a way that I will tell you I think is actually deserved for the time being is really, really disappointing. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that we are in that spot right now. Today was like, uh, boy, this is going to be a horrible analogy, but I'm going to go ahead and use it. So your local gas station, when uh, you're driving by in the morning, you always look at the price, right? Mm-hmm. And then later on in the afternoon, maybe you cruise by again, and the guy's out there on the ladder with the big pole, and he's changing the number. <laughs> is the price going up, or is the price going down? Is the value going up, or is the value going down? I feel like after this game, the guy's up there on the on the ladder, and he's bringing the, the value down. Yeah. Changing the number. Yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's a tremendous, it's just a tremendously disappointing way to be feeling in a season that uh, is supposed to end in an AFC Championship game or AFC Championship or Super Bowl game or Super Bowl Championship. And right now they are, I mean, they're a game over 500. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're six and four, so you can, you know, whatever. They would have to lose two in a row to drop the 500. But if one of those games goes differently, we're talking about them being 500. And even in the absence of Patrick Mahomes, like being six and three coming into this game felt pretty good. Being six and four going into Monday night against the Chargers does not feel very good. Nope. That like this this one does pack more of a punch than losing to the Packers with Matt Moore. This is fundamentally different, and you, it's also to throw more a little more gasoline on it since I use my gas. Reference, I like it. Yeah, keep it in the family. It's another conference loss. Yeah, it, that's this, true. If this thing is going to tighten up with the Raiders and and a couple of other teams, that's big. Yeah, big. they. I mean, the Chiefs need to be the Chiefs beat the Raiders again. I I, I think it's almost officially over uh, in terms of the AFC West, but that doesn't feel as much like as much of a lock as it did last week. Don't want to be the four seed. No, I would much rather avoid that. And right now, I don't know. I I mean, the two seed, I guess, is in play because they beat the Ravens. Oh, definitely it is. But but it does, it it feels farther away than it did before this game. And and by more than one game. I feel like this game moved the needle by more than just one game. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs uh, post-game show here on Sports Radio 810. Play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs. Easy for me to say. It's only my job. Play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs scratchers game and play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Play responsibly. That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Briscoe. More Chiefs post-game, more calls, more audio from the locker room whenever we come back here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs post-game show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Fifty-two-yard attempt to try to tie it. Winchester snap. Kicks blocked. It's blocked by the Titans, and they run the other way, and the Titans will win, 35-32. Love hurts. Love if you're in an ugly house and it's an ugly situation, call the Ugly House Guys today. One eight hundred four four buyer. B u y e r. Or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. Fix that ugly situation and turn it into cash. We Buy Ugly Houses presents the ugly play of the game. There were a lot of options, but that was the ugliest. How do you feel, Brad? 
feel like this song is in 90% of all movies made between 1981 and 1997. That feels right, actually. Yeah. I'm trying to Every coming-of-age movie. I'm trying to remember if this was in Dazed and Confused, which is a fantastic just, I would just assume yes. Every song on the... I just don't remember if that one's on it, but I could listen to that soundtrack every single day. That's Brad Porter. I'm Joshua Briscoe. This is the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. we got a bunch of calls. We've got some more audio to give you. I've got some updates from around the NFL, but let's go to the phones here. Tommy Moe has been on hold. Tommy Moe, how are you feeling? Hey, I felt like the price of gas went from $1.99 to three fifteen in about five minutes. That's <laughs> how <laughs> <laughs> so I feel. Third and two. It's not like it was third and six, third and eight, Mm -hmm. or even third and five. We gained eight yards in the first two carries, and they knew we were running on those two plays, too, and like, oh, I can't believe you're running with less than two minutes left, and we have all three timeouts. Okay, if you're going to – the last time they were in that situation was Baltimore. Great play. Today, Mm -hmm. inside inside screen, so to speak, to Blake Bell, no. It's just, just a bad play call. Just a horrible play call. Run the ball, see what happens, and just come on, guys. Don't get too cute. And like I said, great call. Great. There were some great calls today, great schemes. Andy Reid does a good job. Just don't outsmart ourselves. If we gained eight yards in the first two plays, they were on their 70-something play. Defenses do get a little tired, albeit the last play could be the last play of the game. We had them at 70-plus plays. Albeit 23 or 20, 25 of them have been runs. Run it one more time. The field goal would have been shorter. I'm sorry, Dustin Colquitt, uh, your 26-yard punt, you know what came right after the 26-yard punt? Disaster, sadness, yeah, weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, it's a lot easier to do a play action at the 28-yard line than it is the 8-yard line. It sure is. That's true. You're right. You know, and... You know, and lastly, everybody thinks Chris Jones is some hybrid. Oh, he can play DN and D-tackle. He is a great D-tackle. On the long TD run to Derrick Henry, they weren't running zone read where he had to watch Kenny Hill run out the back. He collapses down. He's not a DN, guys. Everybody thinks he's some – oh, he can play DN. He can play no, DN. He's just not a DN, guys. He's a D-tackle. He, ha- he can get leverage on these guards. But putting it in, he's had one sack in two years of playing DN, and that was against Denver last year. He's just not a DN, guys. I'm sorry. And where was Pinnell today? I sure would have liked to have seen him on the yeah. inside. I don't know why we sat him and played Ivy instead. Ivy's kind of a finesse guy. Pinnell is a guy that can stop the run. Why didn't he get dressed today instead of Ivy? I don't know. They have reasonings why, but it just those are the small little things that happen during a game that mean a lot. And it, it came to fruition today. We did not make the little we, – we made the little mistakes here and there in the cause and effect, 35-32. Tommy Moe, always good to hear from you. I think that the Mike Pinnell question, I didn't – like, listen, man, whenever that inactive came through, the inactives came uh, earlier today, I, like, had sep- several separate tweets about LaShawn McCoy because I felt like people were just saying lots of very wrong things about him. And we talked about some of the other guys, like the scratches and Frank Clark being active. I like legitimately thought, should I tweet about Mike Pinnell being active? No, that won't matter. And it kind of felt like it could have helped. On the big run by Derrick Henry, was mm-hmm. the 68-yarder, mm-hmm. Ivy got completely washed down 
on that the play. whole the whole defensive line was absolutely swept. Yeah, I mean they just <laughs> they were swept out of the picture like a, a giant paintbrush should come down and just sort of shoot them away. And then Juan Thornhill put his head down and uh, did not see what he was hitting. It was similar. Actually, not, he might have because he hit the ground. It's not the same for you. So for the folks who played offensive line, I'm not making a direct comparison. I'm just saying it looks similar to. The blocking on Damon Damian Williams' 91-yard touchdown run last week, where one whole side just got wiped out. Yeah, one whole side of the defensive yeah. line just, poof. and that's where I wasn't particularly watching for Ivy during the course of the game. I'm trying to keep my eyes on some other things, but when that play happened, I was like, "Oh man, Ivy just got washed all the way out of that." Woo! Yeah. Wow. For I mean, just there there are going to be a thousand things I think we could realistically oh, sure. talk about. Yep. And now let's go for some perspective. This NFL scoreboard update is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. The Lions went on the road, and the Bears finally won. Mitch Trubisky threw a couple of touchdowns, but he had less passing yards than Jeff Driscoll, uh, who was starting for the Lions in this game. Still don't know if the Bears are good or not. The Ravens went on the road to the uh, winless Bengals and absolutely curb-stomped them. 49-13. to 13. Uh, The Ravens have been really good. They have two fewer losses than the Chiefs at this point. One of them is to the Chiefs. One of them was to the Browns at home. I don't understand what's going on in the NFL quite frequently. The 2-6 and six Browns are now 3-6 and six because the 6-2 and two Bills are now 6-3. and three. The Browns win at home 19-16 to 16, um, and the Browns are keeping their season alive and the Bills are trying to you know, shake off the impending doom that maybe they are a pretender. Hey, friends, help me on this one. The Saints were 7-1 and when today started. They're now 7-2. and As I mentioned earlier, they were held to three field goals, one in the first, second, and third quarter, nothing in the fourth. This offense completely shut down by the Atlanta Falcons' defense. That secondary has been one of the most criticized units in all of football this year. One of the, one of the few... Past defense units that has been so terrible that it has stuck with me from outside of the market. Like, I know everyone says the Falcons secondary is a garbage fire. They held down Drew Brees and company. Michael Thomas had 152 yards on 13 receptions. How did none of that end up in a touchdown? I don't know. But now the Falcons are 2-7 and seven and the Saints are 7-2. and two. Good luck. Explain I don't know, that to me. I don't know if you had the reaction I did earlier in the week when uh, they, they all came out. The coach, uh, we're, this is the point of the season. We're going to turn things around. And guess what? We're going to take three offensive coaches and put them over on defense and three defensive coaches and put them on offense. It wasn't exactly those numbers, Mm -hmm. but they were flipping coaches from one side to the other, including Raheem Morris, who at one point was a head coach in his career down at Tampa Bay. But they started making those moves. And, of course, the the natural reaction on social media is the the dog standing in the fire saying, this is fine. Uh And that was the, okay, you're switching coaches now. And there you're just rearranging the The deck chairs. Yeah, the deck chairs. So. Well, yeah. something some work. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Maybe I, the Saints had it. Maybe the Saints had a bad day today. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I can't explain it because sometimes the NFL does things I can't explain. The alien, like the NFL is aliens. Like I don't know. What, hey, what was that light in the sky? I don't know. Aliens this, could be. Probably this, not. I don't know. Was this the desired outcome that was brought up during the earlier in the show? <laughs> yeah, that, I'm sure that was it. Uh, the Giants and Falcon, uh, Giants and Jets played in New Jersey. Sorry, New Jersey. Barf. But they were a bunch of points in that game. Uh, Le'Veon Bell scored, I believe, maybe a second touchdown of the season on a massive 18 carries for 34 yards. He would have saved the Chiefs' offense, I bet. 18 carries and 34 yards, please. But the Jets won in that game 34-27. to 27. Uh, I think we're probably over Danny Dimes, right? <laughs> Can you wrap that one up, folks? Can we go back to laughing at Dave Gettleman? Cool. And uh, the Cardinals went to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers 30-27 to 27 in that game. Neither of those teams matter, but, um, you know, that's they're both weird teams that can score points. 
Just weird, weird outcomes. I imagine that right now in New Orleans, they're taking a detour to look around the rest of the league and saying the Chiefs lost to the Titans by three points. The hell happened there? It's just this is how the league tends to go. Scoreboard Update is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company, Kansas City's beer. Hi, you're on WNEO in New Orleans. Uh, go ahead, caller. I Sean Payton's got to go. He's got to go. Got to go. I'd trade him for Andy Reid in a heartbeat. Get bad, him out of here. Bad culture. Message is getting old. Got to go. I think they played harder when Teddy Bridgewater was in. That's it. The, Chief, the Chiefs you- and Saints need to both go back to their backup quarterbacks. That's clearly the solution. Actually, here, Bridgewater played really well. He did. No, he, he, so he did. So did more. <laughs> uh, we'll go back to the phone. Let's go to Butch. What's up, Butch? Gentlemen, yeah, not so good to take an L today. <laughs> not so Let good. Let me tell you. Not so right. good, Butch. You know, you know what happens when you take an L in Nashville, Tennessee? You go to a bar outside of downtown called Losers. That's where I'm at right now, taking my medicine. <laughs> oh, no. so this, is, this, this is, you know, a few things. And just from... You always do this thing where I, where I uh, when I go and see the Chiefs play in person, you know, you don't really get a chance to, to really enjoy all portions of the play calling sure. because you're trying to get wrapped up in the game, the atmosphere. But there was a few things that I just noticed that, that lead me to believe the Chiefs, they didn't want to win this game. Um, first was Dave Tobe's special team unit. I wanted to try to ignore it, but I can't now. Like, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm frightened, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little shook by this. Yeah. We're, we're not used to this. A fumbled hold? On the game, what was going to be the game tying kick? What? Yeah. And a, a block, a block field goal, a shank punt from Dustin Colquitt? Please tell me I'm imagining things. Am I hallucinating? Why are the special teams so bad? And they had another holding penalty on a kick return. I'm upset. This shouldn't be happening. We're in the portion of the year where we need to start thinking about what this team is going to look like when they go to places like Foxborough, when they play a team like Baltimore in the playoffs. It's not good enough right now, and that's the one phase of this game. Beyond offense and defense, I have my own qualms with them. But special teams, you have to have the third phase. It has to work out. So that's my first gripe. Um, my second gripe with this loss, you know, I, I look at a team like the Chiefs. I say to myself, hmm, a lot of high-priced reagents, and that's okay if they, one, stay healthy, and they, two, prefer, perform. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in that game where I say to myself, where, where are the names? Guys, where are the names that you signed? Where's Frank Clark when you need when you need him? Even though he had a couple good stops, he had a stack towards the late play portion of that game. In no huddle, you gotta make that play. You got to make a play for your team, Tyron Matthew. You have to make a play for your team. Anthony Hitchens, you have to make a play for your team. This team's not ready yet. They're not there yet. The the cookies are in the oven, but they're still baking. J B, when are the cookies gonna be ready? I don't know. Myself off the line, man. I wish I knew. Enjoy your medicine. I hope you get some cookies that are fully baked. Actually, cookie dough is great, so that might be a bad analogy, just specifically because nothing wrong with an underdone cookie. You might end up with. You might end up though being the one person that gets salmonella. <laughs> you, you know what? You That's true. That would be. That would happen. That's true. With the two of the Chiefs going right now, it's absolutely true. Um, I. I also. I. I tend. You may have noticed to like try to separate the difference between poor coaching and poor execution by a unit. Special teams are making me ask some questions that I don't know the answers to. Um, McCole Hard clearly, like whenever McCole Hardman came over to the sideline after fair catching the ball on the three freaking yard line, uh, Dave Tobe was not thrilled. And so, like, I I don't think that was a coaching mistake. We had this discussion last week. I think McCole Hardman should be back there, and I don't think it cost them the game today, but it certainly didn't make anything happen. 
And so, I don't know, could Byron Pringle have made fewer mistakes? Maybe, but I'm looking for the top end from the special teams. Uh, but still, like I, the execution problem of Winchester to uh, Colquitt on the kick. The blocking on a long field goal where you know you can't get beat in that spot. Uh, the the penalties that always happen, and then also, frankly, like just not anything in terms of uh, large positives in the return games and in field position on whenever you're kicking the ball back and all of that. It's just it's been it's the entire unit's been below average this year, and with as much sway as it seems like Dave Tobe has over a few spots on the roster. It it certainly feels like there's there is some responsibility to be taken there from Tobe. I also don't I don't know what the solution is to a special teams unit. I don't know. I don't know whose fault is it. Whenever and actually James Winchester talked and we will hear from him momentarily because I'm sure he asked he was asked what happened there. We'll see. I, I I would think it a little bit odd for him to just be like yeah it was Dustin's fault. But we'll see what he says. The as for the penalties on special teams that seem to happen on every single play. Yep. It, it's not only a league-wide problem, it's a level-wide problem. In college, it's a problem. In yeah. high school, it's a problem. When, sure. I'm, when I'm here on Friday night, every time there's a kickoff, sure enough, Tim Spurl's going to say, eh, there's a flag on the play. I, I can't do Tim Spurl's voice, sorry. But there's a there's a flag on almost every play. Yeah. And what it's probably a byproduct of the fact that Guys who are starting on offense and defense don't play special teams. Right. Maybe maybe a couple do. Yeah. I know Damian Williams plays special teams, and he's really good on special teams. You get the guys with the limited opportunities, and maybe they're not quite as experienced. They're just they're not going to get uh, the reps and it, uh, the reps. And I'm half I'm halfway wondering if the referees are just looking in the right spot the whole time. Like, well, there we go. Why? Right. Here's what's going to be block in yeah. the back. Block. How many times did the Titans twice today? They had the double team block yeah. on kick returns, yep. which you, you just can't do that. Yeah, just, you hey, know don't. you can't do that. Yep. And the other one yep. is the block in the back. You know you can't do that's the rule. If you see the name, don't hit him. It goes back to the thing that bothers me so much that um, I'm going to be talking about all week. I can tell already. It's another place where the Chiefs are supposed to be exceptional. Yes. And they're merely average. Yep. Best case scenario. You talked about the margins earlier in the yep. show. That's one of those margins. And whenever you have expectations that are higher than everyone else, this is a failure. It, it, merely being league average, which again, like, if you want to count like how good Harrison Butker was last week, and with the exception of the extra point today, those other two mistakes weren't really on him. He might say something about you know where he put the ball and the one that got blocked because that, there's a lot of factors there. But I would say the PAT is on Butker, unless I find out some other information about the hold or whatever. But other than that, like he was incredible last week, won on the game last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, any generic Chargers kicker, and the Chiefs are currently a 500 football team. Adam Vinatieri probably has the Chiefs at 500 right now. It might be worse than that, honestly. And so, if you if you count in all of that, and listening to Tobe talk about like dealing with wind and everything this week makes me think that there he is helping Harrison Butker. That is true. Even with that, all the credit you could possibly give, it's a league average unit, which with a special teams coach that was at one point supposed to be the next Harbaugh. Say, so, oh, you know, give him his own team, and he's gonna Tobe's gonna get head coaching questions. The Bears, the Bears wanted to talk to him a couple years ago, and I think the Chiefs shut that down. I think you're right. Yep. Um, and now, like, 
there are special teams coach questions. It's just what is what is happening here? I and I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. Dave Toe probably has a much better idea of how to fix it than I do. But I'm left a little bit baffled. And again, it's it's not merely being good isn't good enough whenever you have the expectations of the Chiefs had coming into this season. Let's go back to the phones. JT is on the line. What's up, JT? Hey, hey guys. Uh, I just wanted to give you a holler. I'm leaving uh, Nashville. Uh, let me just say the Chiefs fans were fantastic. We were uh, when we got up by nine. We were jokingly calling the place Arrowhead South. Um, it, it was it was pretty awesome. But uh, I gotta agree with uh, Frank Clark. There's lots of blame to go around, and I I, I hate I, I hesitate to say this, but I want to say that I think Skip Bayless was actually onto something. And and it's not that the team played better without Mahomes. What it is 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 that across the board, Mahomes included, they're overconfident when he's in there, and you see it when they don't take what the defense gives them. You see it when they try to blow guys up on a tackle instead of wrapping up. The very simple, disciplined plays that they were making these last couple of weeks when they knew they had to make them to win, they didn't make today. That's all I got. JT, I appreciate it. Enjoy uh, the drive back from Nashville or enjoy Nashville while you're still there. Um, uh, listen, I mean, I'm st- I still, we talked about this a little bit earlier, still fundamentally have a problem with that. I will say, if you want to go with like the, hey, bl- you know, instead of blowing guys up on tackles, make a fundamental wrap-up. Yeah, that's totally fine. That is a totally fair criticism. And if that is changing for anyone when the quarterback changes, that's, like, legitimately embarrassing. And so if that is a problem that, you know, Spagnuolo sees there, that needs to be reinforced heavily. I don't I don't want the offense to be less confident, though. Uh, there is a confidence that comes with having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. I just watched the Packers go on a touchdown drive on the TVs in here. And it made me sad because I miss watching an offense that looks that confident. I think the, the Chiefs offense had a confidence problem. They, they've had a confidence problem for these last few weeks, even with Mahomes, whenever you have running backs to put the, the football on the ground. The the confidence that that allows you to play to the best of your ability, I actually think is is reinforced with Patrick Mahomes. The game has certainly played more safely whenever Matt Moore is out there, and maybe the defense should play more safely. I'm not sure that's making the transfer over there, but offensively especially, I have I have no interest in in having that conversation. If you think that, that the quarterback is affecting how the defense plays, if you can find the evidence of that or build the argument for it, we could talk about it and and, I, and discuss where the defense is failing. I just think we're seeing the defense failing in positions that they didn't fail against uh, some of these teams we've seen over these last few weeks. Yeah, the 49ers didn't seem to have a problem going from Joe Montana to Steve Young week to week. This is this is the exact same situation. You're right, Brad. Two that's, Hall of Famers. Perfect. Having two that's Hall perfect. That's Matt Moore. But, you, but he mentioned the Skip Bayless thing. You started shaking your I, head. I don't. No, I, I just. I'm not going to go to the next call until you take your Skip Bayless point and you share this with the universe because I don't think you like this. Um, no, no. Just looking at my watch, waiting for Brad to go off on Skip Bayless. Brad, play-by-play is Brad staring into the distance. I'll give Skip Bayless a squared-away pit of advice. Cash your checks. Do your TV show that gets about 100,000 viewers a day. That gets out to... uh, Gets less ratings than than Paw Patrol. You enjoy that. You, You share those pearls of wisdom. You just dribble those out to the public. Teams play hard when they think they have to. 
Yeah, 47 guys all got together. Guys, got to have a meeting. I think Skip Bayless is right. We played hard last week, and I think we got to do it again because Matt Moore's still in there. But then, you know what, guys? Let's all agree on this. When Patrick Mahomes comes back, eh, foot off the gas. Skip Bayless says it's okay. Which uh, that's what you get for seven million dollars. That's the kind of uh, analysis you get. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. If you want to yell at Brad, let's go to Leland. I'm not going to get a job there, am I? Le- no, not not no. with Skip probably. No. What's on your mind, Leland? Uh, <clears throat> earlier, you guys were talking about uh, uh, Chiefs fans and always feeling like they're going to be the inferior of the little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiefs fans. This franchise hasn't been to the Super Bowl in over fifty years. I think that comes from a legitimate place. Oh, I do too. And and please stop mentioning the Chiefs organization in the same sentences with the Patriots. Again, this organization hasn't been to the Super Bowl in over fifty years, let alone a championship game. There's no comparison to the. There's none, zero, to the Patriots, zero. And most coaches, I think most coaches win a Super Bowl by from the fifth to their eighth year coaching mm-hmm. with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Reid, what is this, 22, 23 years? It's not going to happen. It's, and I'm, I've been a Chiefs fan since Super Bowl four. go back to the Christmas Day game against the Dolphins. I've sat through all the playoff losses. I could go down the list. Uh if it hasn't happened by now, and everyone's afraid to say anything bad about Andy Reid, oh, what if we're not Andy Reid? Well, that's like saying what if we're not going to find a coach after Hank Stram or Marty Schottenheimer or Dick Vermeil. You, if you, you'll find the coach. It's up to Hunt. He's in the get-it-right business. That's on him. So if, if, if it's not going to work with – and I'm not saying he should be fired, but it's, he's not going to win a Super Bowl 20 years in. It, look, just look down through the records and tell me when that's happened after 22, 23 years of a coaching career. It doesn't happen. Leland, I appreciate the call, and you're right on that end. Like Andy Reid would be a statistical anomaly if he were to win a Super Bowl this late in his career. That's true. The other thing, though, is that you say, you know, oh, well, it's like saying we're never going to find a coach after Hank Stram. I mean, it was Marty, but then Marty was the guy that Marv Levy, having... Levy was pretty good. That's fair. Left here and went to the Bills and took them to four straight Super Bowls. That's that's fair. Um, that didn't happen here, no, but fair it enough. Didn't. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, you, you get these you get these coaches that again you get to Marty Schottenheimer, and I imagine that these calls were going very very similarly around Marty Schottenheimer, and then you in Gunther Cunningham and Dick Vermeil, and then Herm Edwards, Todd Haley, Romeo Cornell. I, I think that you have more names on that list that show you. What happens whenever you whenever you you know cut ties too soon? Whenever you look at what Andy Reid has done with Patrick Mahomes, I don't think there's really any reasonable argument to have about the 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 qualifications of Andy Reid in this job. I do also think that you can ask big questions about what is it that's gotten in the way so far, and and can he? manage the clock in these big moments and what what was happening in these timeout all these, all these timeout situations I, I think there are enough of those questions you can ask without it without it being something that you say is absolute whenever people lose me on this topic it's Andy Reid's not gonna win a Super Bowl it's just a really dumb it's a, it's a dumb like small thing to say whenever you could go out and I think Leland did some of this and explain why you're concerned that he might not. I could tell you right now that, you know, 
Matt LaFleur has not shown me. And Matt LaFleur is never going to win a Super Bowl. I, that would be a dumb thing for me to say because I don't know. Andy Reid isn't incompetent. He's a flawed head coach, and this right now is a flawed football team. To, to the first point, though, that, that the caller made about the Chiefs and the Patriots, you're 100% right. Those two teams are not in the same class. They have not been in the same class for the entirety of my lifetime. The closest that it ever got was last year because the Chiefs had an MVP quarterback going up against a perennial MVP quarterback in Tom Brady, and they actually met in the AFC Championship game. The question now, though, is a, isn't about if the Chiefs are on the same level as the Patriots. They're not, and they have never been. As long as both franchises have existed, except for the Patriots. Let's go, let's go Belichick, Brady, Patriots. There's no comparison from that point on. The question isn't, and has never been, are they there? It's will they get there? And what will it take to get there? It's matching that standard. And this offseason, the conversations of the Chiefs' ability to match that Patriots standard were legitimate ones. And the thing that I would I would just correct you on right now for, for where I'm at is, is not that there are They've ever been peers. The, 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 the standard for this season, the goal for this season, and the thing that we were going to use as the watermark to determine if this year was a success or a failure or whatever, was as at the end of the season, could we say that that gap has closed, that that, that space has shortened, and that these two teams now are performing as peers? And right now they're not. And that, I think, is inarguable. No, they're, they're not. And it, my expectations for the season coming in, because we do the, the preseason magazine mm-hmm. for Sports Radio 810 WHB, I firmly went into this season. I think probably 99% of Chiefs fans probably went in thinking, okay, you got within one defensive offside penalty last year of getting to the Super Bowl. This should be the year 2019. Tom Brady's now 43. Uh, he doesn't, if you've watched him for any length of time this season, his arm is just about gone. Yeah. But he's still smart enough to make the plays. He's this not was, quite Super Bowl Peyton Manning with the Broncos, but you right. that seems like two years that from now. Really, they, he de- that might be too soon, actually. He degenerated really quick. Brady Peyton might Manning. not. Brady might have five more years of this level. Yes. I don't know. Plus, he's got that trainer with the secret sauce. Oh, the doctor who's not a doctor. Yeah, the yeah. doctor's not a doctor. They yeah. got kicked out of the facility mm-hmm. and then wrote this really strange book. Non-Dr. Guerrero. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, this was supposed to be the year to see. Last year, I thought the Chiefs were were catching the Patriots, and then the, the one play away. Yep. This was the year I thought the Chiefs would catch and pass. Yeah. Now they still can. Sure. But right now, I you talked about it earlier in the show. There's, I don't feel as confident about it now. Nope. Nope. They could win. They could win their game in the regular season, and then if they ended up in the AFC Championship game with them again, I'd be I'd be very very nervous about seen it before. All, yes, yes, because that's that's something that you've seen come through Arrowhead. You've seen it go through Foxborough. You've seen it happen with other teams. Oh, this is the one that's going to catch the Patriots. Nope, no one does. Let's go to Jerry. What's on your mind, Jerry? You're on the Chiefs post game show. Hey, a couple of quick comments. I'm a Chiefs fan through and through. There will be brighter days. The sun will come up tomorrow. <laughs> But, dude, we can't tackle, it doesn't seem like. And one little kind of laughable comment, and I'll listen off the air, is when Mr. Jones wanted to bring his thunder down on Chiefs Kingdom about showing up, 
if him and his defense could close out a game, maybe we wouldn't sell our tickets to the other fans and all that's not fair, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jerry. I think that's like no sarcasm for me whatsoever. That's totally fair. I think he's after this game, you want to tell Chris Jones to stop telling you how to spend your money. That's totally fine. <laughs> I thought I thought what Chris Jones said was fine and understandable from his perspective. They like to have a home field advantage. Also, Chiefs fans went on the road to Tennessee today and broke out a tomahawk, a tomahawk chop in the fourth quarter. And the defense made this game less fun to watch. So I think that's actually totally fair. <laughs> I really, really do. Uh, you can call in. Well, we'll take one more call for calls, 913-310-810. We'll take a break. Whenever we come back, we'll see what uh, James Winchester had to say. It's probably the only time this oh year boy. we're going to hear from James Winchester oh after boy. the after the game. It's 73 seconds. We're all going to get through it together. You know something went very wrong if you're a long snapper and the media is waiting to talk to you. Or maybe it's like one of those plays where like the long snapper goes downfield to cover a punt and then like blows up oh the, the return man, like strips the ball and takes it for a touchdown. That's not That's not why James Winchester spoke to the media today. We'll hear from him and uh, a few others whenever we come back here. On the Sports Radio 810 Chiefs Post Game Show. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. High formation run. Henry cuts it back and is on his feet. 40, 45. Gets a block. Derrick Henry, 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Derrick Henry. Chiefs lose to the Titans 35-32. to Lots of places we could have these conversations. We've been having them here tonight on Sports Radio 810. I say tonight not because it's 535, but because it is pitch black outside. Yep. Just completely not, dark out. Not a fan. Thanks, Dale. I savings time. Got that seasonal effect disorder, whatever it's called. Yeah. The, uh, I also have, I have it twice now because uh, the Chiefs also make me sad. <laughs> yes. S-A. D nine one three three eight ten eight ten. If you got anything left to uh, fire off into the void, we'll take some. My bad, beards. I gotta get out of the way on that one. That one's on me. That's my blocked field goal on today's show. I like to think I did better than that at some point. Let's find out what happened on not just the blocked one, but the muffed one. As Brad said last segment, you know that something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Whenever the uh, long snapper gets a scrum, let's hear from Chiefs long snapper James Winchester. I'm sure about what happened on the botched field goal attempt that would have iced the game. You know, it starts with miscommunication. We talked about what we wanted to do on the sideline, and, and uh, you know, that was just look back. Justin was looking forward. And I started seeing him go back. I was already starting the snap. Tried to hold it. And, yeah, coming fast. Yeah. It was just miscommunication starts with me, and well, now we got to take a look at it. What about the uh, the last one? Just a. To... I, I have no idea what happened okay. on the last one. I'm not sure where it came from. If it was around the corner, up the middle. I'm not sure. No. I don't think it was a gaps, but outside of that, yeah. I would imagine it came off the edge. No. Okay. Thanks. So, yeah. So you said miscommunication. Is something you guys talked about on the sideline. Then you come in, and that's when it just wasn't. As quick yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything new that we'd done. Yeah. It just. Um, you know, I, I I saw his head come forward, and so I started the snap. I saw it go back, and so, but it starts with me. So, you know, 
Yeah. Closing. How often is that sort of play silent count at all? Or just a sort of beat that you have to sort of hit before? Uh, it can be. It's just a rhythm. I mean, we, we, we know. I mean, we work that practice, you know, all year long. And, and um, you know, we've got things yeah, that we can switch up, you know, to, to help, um, you know, with guys coming off the edge and rushes. And uh, just, yeah, it's just, you know. All right, that's our uh, Chiefs locker room report brought to you by Continental Siding. Whether it's football or home improvement projects, you want to be a part of a winning team. And today, if you want to be a part of a winning team, you can do that, but you're going to have to go to Continental Siding Supply. Continental Siding Supply, giving lifetime warranties on siding and windows for 34 years. See for yourself at smartsiding.com. Honestly, Winchester's a little more open there than I kind of expected him to be. Said it was miscommunication. Thought he saw Colquitt's head come forward, and it looked like, I don't know if if Colquitt kind of gave him a a double pump, and maybe Colquitt thought that Butker was ready, and then he wasn't. But he says miscommunication. Here's the thing. Miscommunication in that moment is enormous and relatively inexcusable. Also, I don't know how you keep miscommunication from happening. Sometimes it does, and it reflects really poorly on the unit. It reflects poorly on Winchester and Colquitt and Butker and that, that whole group. Um, it was it was awful. And Tommy Mo mentioned this earlier, and somebody tweeted it earlier enough that it's been lost now to my timeline. But saying, hey, the, the Chiefs need to end games. It was from... Uh, at Mr. Tim Lat on Twitter. Andy needs to finish games with his offense on the field. He can't give it back to in games. We can't close it out. That's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I have no problem with that at this point. And so, like Tommy Mo mentioned earlier, on that sort of screen to, they said tight end screen. I didn't realize it was a Blake Bell drawn up play, apparently. That makes it me even sadder. Um, on that play on third and short, where they could have tried to just ice that game away, that play call is maybe the most questionable one that we saw from this game, and that's that's deeply disappointing. Asking the defense to stop Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry should not be too tall of a task, but it was today, and, and both sides of the ball had chances to ice this game out. Both sides of the ball failed to do that. Yeah, and on James Winchester, when he's, he's explaining the, the miscommunication, to me it's a little bit like... Uh, and this is probably not a fair equivalency, but it's what popped into my head. It's a little bit like a NASCAR pit stop. There are a lot of things that have to go right in a very short period of time. And if any one of those things goes wrong, you're in a world of trouble. Yeah. So on your race car, you're trying yeah. to change either your two tires or your four tires. And all of a sudden, the guy with the gasoline can falls over the jack and everybody. And that's it. It takes one mistake and you blow the whole thing. So you have, you have James Winchester. He's looking up. To see where the where the alignment is, yep. he's looking back at Dustin Colquitt. Colquitt is looking at Winchester to make sure, or at um, Butker to make sure he's lined up right. Gets the message, he nods, he looks down, and then he looks up at Winchester. Snap the ball, get it down, spin it if you have to. It, there's just there's a lot going on in a very short period of time, and when one thing goes wrong, if one piece of that communication line goes wrong, it's really bad. There's you're not getting out of it on a mistake. And it's, like Patrick Mahomes can ad lib on a on a right on a, on a busted play. Right, there's no ad lib on a busted kick. And because it goes right so often, when yes. it goes wrong, it looks horrible. Everyone notices. Yep. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Dave. What's up, Dave? How you feeling? They, uh, this is a uh, you just brought up the third down play that kind of ended things for the for the Chiefs mm-hmm. and. That was that was my question. Uh, I, I, I apologize because I have not been able to listen to this post game show till just about 
15 minutes ago, but and so I don't know if it had been discussed, but what the hell was that play call? <laughs> I was unable to watch the game. I had to go pick up my wife at the airport. So I missed she did the you last... a, She did you a favor. You should thank her. You missed the end I of it. I should. You're exactly right. I had to listen to it on the radio and say, what the, what the hell, three, third and two, and they lose? did they lose yardage on that play? Yeah, so Mahomes was scrambling around, and whatever was supposed to happen on, a, on apparently a middle screen of some sort uh, must have gotten busted up because he ended up sort of sliding towards the sideline. That was to stay in bounds, which was the right call in that moment um, because you want to keep the clock running, obviously. But Right. Uh, right. But, yeah, they ended up losing yards that uh, if that kick had gotten off, you would – you know, or not? Not that kick had gotten off. If yeah, if that kick had gotten off, not because it was blocked, but because it was the, the muffed one, uh, that would have cost a few yards of, of length there as well. Yeah, well, I just I thought third and two. Andy Reid is an offensive genius, and we can't come up with a two-yard gain. Yeah. To keep, you know, I that's where I'm really disappointed uh, in in what the Chiefs did there. But oh well. Uh, now, Mike, uh, the only way the Chiefs are getting anywhere in the postseason is we, we're going to have to have some help from people, other teams losing, in the way I'm looking at it. But, hey, I'm no, I'm no genius. <laughs> I was I was around for both of the first Super Bowls that the Chiefs were in, the very first one and the one we won. So I'm an old bastard. <laughs> I'm, I'm a disappointed old bastard right now. But thanks for taking my call. You're good, Dave. Appreciate you making the call. Um, the Ben didn't know what to do with bastard. His hand hovered over the I was like, should I hit it? And Connell was back there. Connell being Irish, I think. I think you gave some Irish. Let it go. Let it fly. Um, yeah, no, I, I listen. The, the third and two, Andy Reid is an offensive genius. I'm not saying that facetiously. That's true. I'm going, oh, man, that was the best play you had on third and two when like, you were like, looking at icing the game away. As much as you have with all of these alignments and all of this motion and everything, for your third and two play to be to Blake Bell is a little disappointing. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Sometimes there are times, I, regardless of the play call that you want to run, what you want to set up, there are times when you don't target or draw something up for Blake Bell. And maybe yeah. he wasn't the primary target on that play. That may have just been how it worked out. But there are times when, no. Well, also, if he was, it's because you assume he's not going to get any attention because the rest of your True. of your alignment and everything. It's just such a it's such a tough thing to to look at in in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Um, the offensive line play we've talked about a lot, and Mitch Schwartz had played what was something like eight thousand consecutive snaps. He he got rolled up on and uh, ended up leaving the game, but he did talk after the game as well. So I'm I'm really curious to hear what Mitch Schwartz had to say about his streak, the offense's performance today, and the all just all of the damage done across the Chiefs' offensive line. Let's hear from Mitch Schwartz. It's weird. I mean. Uh... Like you said, I've never, never done that before, but, um, you know, I was happy enough to be able to come back in the second half and, and be out there and, you know, obviously just coming up short sucks. Do you feel like you were 100% in the second half after you came back? It's hard to know. I mean, I feel like I moved around pretty well and, um, you know, I don't have to pull it off, so I uh, never got to truly go full speed, but, I mean, it felt like pretty normal range of motion and movement and all that. What was going through your mind when you went down? Uh... 
I mean, just frustrated. I mean, I knew something didn't feel right, and um, you know, he never wanted to be too bad, and um, you know, nothing broken or anything like that. So um, you kind of do that little checklist, and you know, you know, it's it's probably not a broken bone right off the bat, and so it shouldn't be too bad long term. And uh, I don't know. We haven't really gotten anything tested, so I don't really know what's going on. But like I said, I mean, came back for the second half, so uh, I was happy to be able to do that. Mitch, what's it been like for you guys as a unit this year? Just even even when you do have the same guys that are having to move around different positions, what's it been like for us as a whole? Yeah, I mean, we played a lot of guys. Uh, it seems like everyone coming in keeps playing well. So I mean, credit to, to obviously Brad Beach and you know Coach Reed and Coach Heck, and you know I think that's something Coach Heck does you know a really good job of. I mean, I've talked about it before, but kind of cross training guys. So, you know, a couple guys go down. Wiley has to go to right tackle. He's ready. It's not the first time he's done that. Um, you know, the interior guys can do all three, and, you know, swing guys can kick out and do both both sides there. So um, we got good players. we got versatile guys. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we've had to, to use everybody. But, uh, you know, I think everyone's you know, performed pretty well when they've been in there. At what point did you know you'd be coming back in? Um, I mean, I don't know directly. Um, you know, at halftime, came back and um, you know, just wanted to make sure everything was fine. Wasn't you know putting myself at actual risk. And um, so after that, you know, come back out, move around a little bit, felt fine. So um, you know, I felt like I could go. Mitch, how much of this for you being an offensive lineman is you have the ball with the lead, less than two minutes, and one sort of first down from the seals? How much will that just be contemplating you? after today's game? Well, I mean, that's always what you want. And so, um, you know, we're running the ball well, and you know, I hope Coach doesn't get any you know, criticism for play calling because, I mean, we popped a, a screen against Baltimore to seal the game. I mean, we've, we popped all sorts of things like that, and you know, I think you know, he was kind of thinking, you know, probably cover zero or something similar, and, you know, we were thinking at the line of scrimmage, everyone was in the box, and so, um, you know, typically in those situations, um, you know, you get one guy blocked and the guy's wide open, and so... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that just execution, obviously. Um, you know, they had two guys in there. We need to get two guys out and be able to block them both. And so, um, you know, obviously still had a chance there and um, ran into other issues. But, uh, you know, we ran the ball well when, when we could. And then, um, you know, I, like I said, I mean, coach is a, a freaking genius. So I hope, you know, nothing comes of that. How disappointing is it to see the snap streak come to an end? Though? Yeah, I mean it sucks. It's obviously been seven and a half years running, and um, pretty cool thing. But uh, no, I'm just normal like everybody else. So. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I, it is what it is. Uh, you know, those situations. It's I mean you kind of like I said, you do kind of the inventory and you make sure nothing's. Um, going the wrong direction or drastically wrong and um, you know seem to have avoided that and like I said I mean we'll see what the what the plan is from here so um, not that I would really say much but I don't even know what is going on so was there any thought to trying to extend it or, or did the referee sort of tell you that you had to be no I mean I we had to stop play because of me so I, I had to come out there I mean obviously I tried to walk around a little bit right after and wasn't able to do that and I think we're here Know, not so good down in distance, and I don't want to, you know, go out there just for right, pride's sake. Right. And all of a sudden, my guy turns the corner, runs to the pad, and now pad's hurt. So, um, you know, that's not something that I'd be stupid enough to do. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mitch. As Mitch Schwartz, after his uh, snap streak came to an end, and the Chiefs 
lost to the Titans today. Um, this is something we probably haven't spent quite enough time on, but uh, from Wichita Chief Sam on Twitter, just just the, the screenshots of um, the three of the field goals that uh, the Chiefs kicked today. The 30-yarder was a fourth and two. The 41-yarder was on fourth and three. The 20 or the 43-yarder uh, was on fourth and two. For all the times that I tweet every whenever every time the Chiefs get to a fourth and two, and I tweet "Go for it," and someone goes, "Oh, you gotta take the points." If you convert two of those, if you convert two of those, and then one of those is a touchdown, another one, let's say it's fourth and eight, and you settle for a field goal again anyway. You are talking about this game differently. You are changing how the Titans have to play this game. You are changing how you get to play this game. And when you have an offense that you believe can get you two yards, on the the third and two that we were talking about earlier, if if Mahomes is aware of the the fact that they would go for on fourth and two, which obviously I don't think they were going to, um, to kick that field goal, better to stop the clock and throw that ball away and then have a chance at fourth and two to actually attempt to get that first down. You're the you're one of the best offenses and most talented offenses and most unique offenses and most um, intricate offenses that the sport of football has ever seen. Get two yards. Don't, don't, the, the field goals are there for when you don't believe you can pick up a couple of yards and instead you settle for three points. This is one of the things in the margins that's going to frustrate me immensely. Uh, for the rest of my natural life. That's that's something you've been preaching since training camp. Yeah. Anything fourth and two. I think you may have even reached to fourth and three, fourth and four. It depends it, on the spot. It depends on where you are in the if field. If you're at that 45-yard, you know, if, if it would be a punt or a 60-yard field goal, you go for it on fourth and eight. The Patriots have been doing that this year, and yes. I love it. Yes. Except for it's the Patriots doing it. Yes. Coaches at the NFL level are embracing it more and more. Just not... Not what we'd like it the to Ravens be. The Ravens have been doing it excellently. Yes. Uh, no one else has been doing it that uh, ballsily. I think I can say ballsily on the radio. If I can't, I said it twice already. So <laughs> screw you guys and your FCC violations. Chad, uh, Chad Boger just sent an email. <laughs> he wants to see you in the office. Yeah, I'll, I'll head down there during the commercial okay. break. Here's a, here's a stat that will hopefully make everyone too tired and too sad to yell at me. From James Palmer. Uh, this this must have come up in the Frank Clark thing, but honestly, if, if it was in our audio clip, I was still trying to circle back to the ner- pinch nerve thing. So here's from, and this might have been a one-on-one, I'm not sure, but I missed it if we, if we played it. Uh, James Palmer tweets, Frank Clark told me he felt the Chiefs defense came out soft on the final drive and that the Titans came out more aggressive than they did on that drive. Here's the real, I mean, oof, this is... Clark also said they didn't expect Tannehill to come out and run as physically as he did today. The Chiefs got out-physicaled by Ryan Tannehill. You you want me to circle back to the beginning of the show when I lost it? (laughs) No, no, I think that we've had a nice sort of... A nice sort of circle of emotion, circle of life. Turn the temperature down a little bit. I j- just remind me at the end of the next segment to make sure that the final words of this show today are the Chiefs got out physicaled by Ryan Tannehill oh boy. so I can send everyone into an appropriate pit of depression. It's a good way to hit it in your Monday when it's going to be 27 degrees. Let's go back to the... Oh. God. There you go. God, man. A little, little, little kick in the pants for you there. Oh. Huh? Let's huh? go back to huh? the phones. Go to Cole. Hey, Cole. How are you feeling? 
Hey, what's up, man? You know how I'm feeling. I think we're all feeling about the same right now. Yeah, I do. Quick question for you guys. Um, sorry if it's already been mentioned. Um, so if you guys had the worst segment of your broadcast career tonight, um, it's one of those things where you guys can come into work tomorrow and start over. Yeah. Um, we've seen time and time again, especially um, with the special teams side of the ball, you have you string together a couple of bad games, and you might not have a job next week. Mm-hmm. Um We've seen it, and we, we know that he's a fan favorite and we're in the back stretch of the career, but I can't remember the last time that I was watching Colquitt, and every single time before the ball snapped, I'm holding my breath thinking, well, what are we going to see now? What, what Colquitt is showing up today? And I'm not putting the blame on him on that, that muff snap, but even before then, there were times where I was sitting there wondering, how much time do we got left um, with Colquitt in red? So my question for you guys, I guess, is, is Colquitt at this point in his career, um, is he worth a roster spot, or do you think that there's someone out there fighting for a roster spot that we might we might want to take a look at? Thanks, guys. Appreciate the question, Cole, and it's a good one. We we know that that Colquitt is on some level dealing with an injury. Uh, he played last week, but last week he said that. Um, I mean, I think they got to, like, Saturday, basically, before he was actually punting. He might have punted a couple times on Friday, according to Tobe. He said that last week. Um, Because they they brought Jack Fox back to the practice squad for a minute last week. Mm -hmm. I imagine there's some element of that left. But also, like, they they carried Fox throughout all of training camp, and they brought him back to the practice squad. And um, Unless I've missed something, I don't think he's on another roster or squad right now. So I, I think that he would be the guy to keep an eye on if the Chiefs bring him back to the practice squad this week. Uh, maybe you would see inclination of an injury again. Otherwise, with Colquitt, I think they're riding out this season. I, w- I think I would rather have him with a little bit of inconsistency. And maybe this is an Adam Vinatieri mindset that I shouldn't have, but I, I think I would rather see Colquitt perhaps struggle rather than to see a rookie brought in in moments that we haven't seen him in before. I also don't think the demise of Dustin Colquitt, I don't think we've gotten to that point. I think that we uh, saw him in in a moment today have a very, very bad punt and then may have sent a mixed signal to James Winchester. Bringing in a new guy right now also would make that whole snapper-holder exchange even more tumultuous. So I, I think it's a fair question, um, but I I do think that that's the answer. Uh, it is the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. I'm Josh Briscoe, Brad Porter. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, take our final calls, and then uh, give you an NFL scoreboard update and get out of here as we continue to break down the Chiefs' loss to the Tennessee Titans. The Chiefs' postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. This is going to be a haul for this kick. Titans, and a low snap! Picked up by Colquitt, and now he throws the ball away! A low snap! But the Chiefs are arguing that there was a quick whistle here. There was. I heard it. And the officials confer. Was there an inadvertent whistle? Intentional grounding. But was there still 121 to go? It'll be Tennessee's ball. It's a spot on the foul, the 40-yard line. So Tennessee has the ball and the long field goal attempt. A bad snap. Blow. Every 
The Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show continues right now on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Josh Briscoe with Brad Porter. Beards McFly is hitting all of the buttons, playing all the music, and giving all the highlights. By the way, if you had a bingo card of things that can go wrong on one special team's play, you'd have hit it on that one play. You had the, the early snap, which led to a bad hold, which led to the ball squirting back to the kicker, and just throw on top of that, the kicker decides, oh, I'm panicked, what do I, I'll throw it, and gets a flag for um, illegal grounding on yeah. the football. I mean, that's that's a great. rare, what is that? A, not the, one more than the trifecta, quafecta? I don't, I don't know what you call it. I don't know either. I know what mm-hmm. a trifecta would be. Yeah. That's three horrible mistakes. I don't that know. Was, that was four or five all rolled into one. Quadruple fecta. That's nothing. That's not a real word. Quintuple fecta. Let's go uh, back to the phones here and let's hear from Rev. What's up, Rev? Hey, how's it going, guys? Not too bad, all things considered. Hey, listen, man. I, I can't get mad at Chiefs anymore. I mean, I, that's just about what I expect. But I got a question. Do you think that uh, a couple of questions? Do you think that Andy Reid has uh, kind of fell in love with the with the home run ball? versus, you know, little short passes in areas down that he's got uh, Andy Reid. Uh, one more question. Uh, uh, I wonder uh, why come we we didn't build our uh, running backs, you know, have get a strong back. And and uh, Frank Clark, I believe, on one of those plays, he could have dived uh, and then uh, – you know, he could have he could have dived and made a tackle, and that might have would have helped win the game. But it was like he was just looking at him, and I listen. Appreciate the call, Rev. Thanks. I can't speak to the Frank Clark play. I'm not 100 percent sure what which play you're referring to on that. Um, I will say so on the home run ball front. I mean, I think that that Andy Reid is in love with the ability to do that because it is it's a home run. Home runs are often how you win games, and the Chiefs' offense can be good in the short stuff, and we usually see that with a lot of motion and everything. But I got a couple home run calls today. Sammy Watkins just dropped one, and uh, there was one that was slightly overthrown to Tyreek Hill, and then there was another one that contested one to Tyreek Hill. Those aren't bad play calls. No, there were two two or three that were contested by the defensive backs of yep. the Titans. Who I, I went into the game thinking that might be an area to attack, especially with uh, Malcolm Butler out. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the other guy, the other uh, corners that they have are actually pretty good, and they had three knockdowns. And you gotta, you gotta give them credit on those. It's not, you're not gonna win every battle for those. And to the point of the running backs, uh, I'm glad this gave me an excuse to bring this stat up from today. Brad, did you happen to see Saquon Barkley's day today? I saw people tweeting, "Why the hell are they running Barkley up the middle every time?" Well, I'll tell you that he had 13 carries. And Beards, you're really good at this game, so I want to invite you in also. Saquon Barkley had 13 carries today. Well, I'm at Brad's guess first. Uh, he had 13 carries today. How many? Uh, how many yards do you think he went for? Judging by Giants fan Twitter. I'm going to guess 13 carries. 43 yards. Beards? 13 carries for Saquon Barkley. 13 carries. Saquon Barkley is pretty good. Yeah, he is very um, good. People are tweeting about it. Very good running 150? Back. 158. Saquon Barkley finished today's game with one rushing yard on 13 carries. That's I guess that's what the tweets were about then. That's not 158. It's 157 short. He had one 
rushing yard. The Chiefs don't really have a running back problem. It's not a very efficient way of doing things. And if you if you have Christian McCaffrey, great. Dalvin Cook wasn't winning that game for the Vikings last week, and he's one of those guys. Saquon Barkley was not helping today. In no, he did have. I I only saw that he had eight fantasy points in my PPR league, so I'm guessing he caught some passes for some amount of success. But to have to have that kind of day from the best you can get at that position. I do think there's a little bit of a false narrative about what running backs can and should bring you. Five catches for 30 yards. There we go. He was literally more productive as a receiver today. Which And the Giants are horrific, too. They are. Yeah. That's true. But I, the, the, They're also playing the Jets today, who are also horrific. Yes. So, you know, the, the, it was a JV game today. The fans were begging, well, I don't know who you begged to on Twitter, but pleading that they get, him, they get him out in space and throw him the ball more and stop running him directly up the ass of the center on every single... And that doesn't get you very far. No! I will also point out, though, it's not like the Jets did much better. Le'Veon Bell had uh, 34 yards Yes, it was on a, 18 carries. In a game of Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold, the most efficient thing to be doing. Think about this. Two of the three think highest rushers this. in that game were the quarterbacks. Listen to this stat. Thank you for pointing that out, Beards. Listen to this. That you game the numbers? Was, uh, no. That game was Dan Jones and Sam Darnold with Le'Ve- two of the worst quarterbacks in football in 2019. With two of the best running backs in the world right now being Le'Veon Bell and Saquon Barkley. And that game was high scoring. What was the final score of that game? It was in the 30s and 30s, right? Uh, 34-27 Jets. That game was was relatively high scoring and it had nothing to do with handing the ball off to two of the best in the league. I bet Le'Veon Bell had some receiving yards though. I imagine he probably did. 34 yards. Really? No. That's it? Wow. But, but you see, using these guys through the air, like, uh, you know, Damian Williams today ended up, he was more efficient through the air. He had he averaged 6.4 yards per uh, per reception. He was averaging 4.1 on the ground. I mean, that's, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just how it is. And, like, they ran for 3.9 yards per carry on the ground as a team today, counting in the stuff with Sammy Watkins. Daryl Williams had two carries. Tyreek Hill had one. Darwin Thompson had one for a loss of a yard. I understand looking at the teams the Chiefs play and saying four yards per carry is not very good. That's that's pretty much football. Football is usually four yards a carry. I don't think you should spend much time worrying about that or the Chiefs should spend much time doing that. Uh, we will uh, – you know what? Let's do this here. We, we need to take one more break, but I want to go ahead and give you uh, a, a bit of audio because we mentioned McCole Hardman a couple of times and – uh, he had that touchdown. He also had some really bad moments in special teams. He's had a bad year in the special team spot, honestly. If you let me put my money on it right now, I think there's a really good chance we see him have some sort of game-turning return at some point. We certainly haven't seen it yet, and the mistakes have been extremely detrimental to the Chiefs in a special teams unit that has been... Not nearly as good as I would say the expectations were rightfully set for them to be. He also can obviously speak to where the offense was today, what was working, and and what isn't. So, uh, are we good for Hardman here? Should we we're good? Beard says we're good. Okay, I was gonna say first take the break now. No, let's let's do it now. Let's hear what McCall Hardman had to say after the game. Have you, uh, you ever catch a jump pass for a touchdown before? A jump pass? Yeah. Yeah, I have in college. Did you get a good look at Pat on that one? I mean, did you see how he kind of avoided the rush on that one? Oh, uh, uh, which one? Your touchdown. Yeah, touchdown. My touchdown? Yeah. yeah. It was a jump pass. Yeah. He kind of jumped over the offensive line. So, Pretty much so that's why I didn't see the ball like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
thought you were talking about like a hot ball or something. I was kind of confused right there. So he, he had to jump. To, he, 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 jumped, he jumped in the yeah, pocket to get you the ball. No, I ain't never, never got nothing like that. I thought he was just behind there. I ain't seen him, and I just seen the ball. So, But, yeah, no, I ain't never caught a jump pass like that. Now that you know that it, it was a jump pass, what's your reaction to him being able to do that and, and him able to come back and perform still? Throwing those kinds of passes. Man, that's Pat, man. That's Pat Mahomes. So, I mean, that's, I think that's all you got to say. He's Pat. I mean, that's that's what he do. He maneuver in the pocket. He got the pocket. He can he make throws that people can't make. So, I mean, I, I think he made his his name known for doing stuff like that. So, when was that your first offensive snap of the game, or had you been in a time or two earlier? Uh, yeah, I've been there a couple of times, uh, but they're like, they're like my first target. It's my first target again. Right, right. When did you know you were going to score? As soon as you caught the ball? Uh, when I turned around and I caught it, and I, th- well, I thought the, uh, actually I thought the safety was closer than where he was. And um, but when I caught it, man, I just seen I seen the hole. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's over with. It's- was, it, was there anything in, from what he showed today? Was, was was there indications in practice that Patrick was as close to being as normal as he usually is before coming in for his first game back in over a month or almost a month? I mean. I seen him in practice. He, you know, he was doing what he had to do. Um, or we didn't know he was gonna be the starter. We were just going with both. Um, but he, I mean, he looked good though. You know, um, he was doing different movements and stuff like that. And uh, but you know, when game time come, you know, you only can like game time movement. You only can do that in the game. Right. So we were just you know, when coach said he was starting, we were just going to roll with it. So he, did, I think he did good. And I don't think he really took no hits like that. So it's time for him, you know, kind of recover a little bit more and try to get get healthy. I asked a couple guys this, but the fact that your offensive line went down from seven guys to five in the second quarter, you guys still didn't have a sack in the second half. Just what did your offensive line sort of show you? What how impressive is it given what the circumstances was after halftime? Well, I, you know, I thought I think the, the offensive line we got a, we got we deeper offensive line. Um, a lot of them guys were at different positions, and um, so but, you know you give credit to them because you know we we had a lot of games where guys went down, guys stepped up and did it, get, did a good job. So, uh, but you know they they want to protect Pat man, and they make emphasis on you know trying to keep him clean because if he got if he got a clean pocket, you know he can make any throw on the field. So um, I, I think they they they're aware of that in their head and they try to protect him the best they way best way they can, even the, the backups that come in. So what is it like to be part of an offense that performed the way you guys did today? but then still not win the game? Uh, I mean, obviously we didn't do enough, you know. Um, no matter how good we did, at the end of the day, we still we took the L. So um, so as an offense, we just got to go back, come back, and what can we do better? Because obviously we didn't play a perfect game. We had some drops, we, you know. We had some, um, like, missed cue on the O-line to make Pat have to do whatever. And um, it, it's it's all around, you know. It's a, it, like, at the end of the day, it's, all, it's an overall team effort. So we just got to go back and, and be good and, and just go back to practice next week and get it right. I think you said on the touchdown you didn't see the ball at first or was it coming out a little bit funny or how did it how did it, how did it look coming to you? Nah, I mean, shoot, I, I, mean, I turned around like, dang, with the ball and I, I seen it late actually and I seen I said, oh, they got the ball and I called him and I turned and I, I knew it, it was over from there. So. so Cole Hardman after the game today, some insight into the touchdown and uh, what was happening there offensively between him and Patrick Mahomes today. We can take a break though. One more segment. We'll break it all down for you whenever we come back here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs post-game show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. The saddest Chiefs post-game show in recent memory continues right now on Sports Radio 810. I'm Josh Briscoe with Brad Porter. Uh, we will uh, we'll get out of here and get you handed over to Westwood One's Sunday Night Football pregame, and they'll keep you updated with all the games that are currently unfolding. But first, I'm going to take you around what you've seen, maybe missed today, throughout the NFL. Just went final. The Dolphins 
are two and seven. A 16-12 win at the Indianapolis Colts. That's another team that the Chiefs have been keeping an eye on. Uh, they just lost to the Dolphins, so it could be worse. And they did it with Brian Hoyer, but the Chiefs you know, beat the Vikings with Matt Moore. But I thought Skip Bayless said players were motivated to play harder and were more focused when the backup quarterback was in. Such a good point. Oh my I don't know. I Listen, okay. either the Col- maybe the Colts didn't get the memo. Because okay. Skip is definitely right. Skip Bayless is definitely There's right. Seven million reasons to be right. I just, I guess the Colts might not have heard. Nope. Maybe that message hadn't gotten passed along. Nope. So that game uh, just went final. The other finals from the day: Bucks thirty, Cardinals twenty-seven in Tampa Bay. The Jets and Giants, as you mentioned earlier, thirty-four to twenty-seven final there. The Jets win that game with no rushing to be heard of, heard from, no running backs to be heard from. Maybe that's it. Uh, Daniel Jones threw four touchdowns. Uh, I believe there's a defensive touchdown for the Jets. But look, listen, that game doesn't really matter. We can we can skip past that one. Uh, Falcons go on the road to the Saints. They had one win coming into this game. The Saints had one loss. Falcons win that game 26-9. I don't understand. I don't know. You could give me a 1,000 years. I'm going to understand this game. Chiefs and Titans, obviously, 35-32. to 32. Thank you, ESPN.com, for putting that one in the middle. I'm, I've seen it. Very sad about it. Uh, the Browns also coming into this game with only two wins. The Bills coming into this game with only two losses. Why wouldn't the Browns win that game in Cleveland? 19-16. to Ravens did not get upset. They went to Cincinnati and kept the Bengals uh, winless. And also, heading for Tua. They're doing this by accident. Maybe Joe Burrow. I don't know. But the, the Bengals are going to have their pick a quarterback. And I don't think they meant to do this this season. The Dolphins are tanking and have two wins. They're even... Bad at tanking. Bears beat the Lions 20-13. to Jeff Driscoll was in there. Brad, backup quarterback, didn't make the Lions better. I'm nope. so confused. I, I don't get it. The uh, Steelers and Rams are currently playing a barn burner. They're in the fourth quarter. It is 14-12 Steelers. The Rams just had a safety courtesy of Aaron Donald. Uh, Jared Goff and Johnny Hecker, the punter, have both thrown interceptions for the Rams. This one's a toughie. I don't, I'm glad I'm not being forced wow. to watch it. Uh, but wrapping up right now and on the TVs in here is Packers and Panthers. Packers uh, currently don't have the ball, but they do have an eight-point lead, 24-16. to 16. So that is the look around the league brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Make this the season of great beer with Boulevard Brewing Company. We're going over to Sunday Night Football. We're getting out of the way. Brad, we have covered a lot of yep. ground in this show today. What have we not yet covered? Uh, I'm just going to throw out a happy birthday to my uh, we oldest, could use that my oldest son, Jackson, is 16 years old today. I dread when he drives on his own for the first time. I'll probably tail him in another vehicle. <laughs> also this weekend, great to see video of the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall separating East and West Germany. Uh, it was a moment I watched as a kid, and I cried because it was very emotional it's uh anyway 30th anniversary of people rising up for themselves you think eventually i would have something planned to where i could follow that with something that's not football related because that's <laughs> sort of my entire brand but nope not today here's what i'm gonna say for all the things that went wrong with the chiefs today the thing that will stick with me is the fact that things have gone wrong for the chiefs just enough to keep us all guessing if you can't put away these sorts of teams people are going to lump this team in with other good teams texans colts ravens uh, just on the simply on the AFC side, maybe even the Raiders will have an argument for that before too long. I don't know. I I will see the differences in that tier that the Chiefs are currently in. But but right now they're not in the same tier as the Patriots, a Patriots team that suffered their first la- loss uh, last Sunday night. 
This is going to be the challenge the Chiefs have to prove to you, me, and everyone else watching that they do deserve to be elevated to that top tier and to be challenging the Patriots almost certainly now in Foxborough in January. I have very little faith that that is the path that they're on right now, but I do have a little bit of hope. I just haven't seen it since Patrick Mahomes returned today. So that would be the question we continue to ask in weeks going forward. We'll be back and do it all again next Monday night, Brad. Thanks to Beers Fly for hitting all the buttons, playing all the sad songs. Thanks to you, Brad Porter, on Twitter Absolutely. at Brad K. Porter. Thank you to you. I'm Josh Briscoe on Twitter at JB Briscoe. We'll try to do better next time. Bye, Mom. Follow the Chiefs right here on your home for the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. Sports Radio 810 WHB.